Howard from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from down under outside Brisbane, Australia. It's episode 63 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we continue our look at the Rolling Stone Top 500 Songs of All Time, honing in on numbers 300 to 251. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand is consistently earning the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary requires tobaccos have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Estate Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary, Perdomo Bonner Barber Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And I want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the golden age of cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it was one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Huinas and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Cameroon, or Habano wrapper, representing the Golden Age cigars from 1947 to 1961. Now available at York Retail, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And I want to mention Aganorsa Leaf. Great leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of our Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke one of our Jerfar, Jerfar Lunatic, guardian in the form of Casa Fernandez cigars, you experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorsa Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Drew Estate is about to make someone a whole lot richer. During its freestyle live show on the company's Facebook live page, Drew Estate announced it was holding a Bitcoin sweepstakes with numerous incredible prizes during freestyle live events, including a grand prize of one full Bitcoin to be announced on the February 17, 2022 edition of Freestyle Live. Entry into the inherited Drew Estate Bitcoin sweepstakes was simple. During three of the company's freestyle live events, the companies randomly selected the names of five people who attended the online show and commented during specific times of each broadcast as potential winners of an assortment of fantastic prizes. Those five winners from each of the three shows were also entered into a final contestant pool of 15 people eligible to win the grand prize Bitcoin on February 17th. You can find more at www.drewestate.com or visit Drew Estate's Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Drew Estate Cigars. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show, is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate.
Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode 63, a late January 2022 edition. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the red stage, and I'm joined uh, on the other end of the world by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke. Hello, Coop. How are you? Good, good. Hey, I want to make a quick note uh, for folks who yeah. may be watching this live. Um, the last couple of shows, the video and the audio on Facebook has been out of sync. Um, oh. And so it's like you won't see them in sync. But on YouTube, it's fine. And I do run this at the same time on YouTube live as well. Um, and it's the same video file. That goes to both, right? So it's not like hmm. there's a different copy. So I just want folks to know if if it's driving you crazy, like to see it out of sync, it's okay on YouTube. It, this is a Facebook issue. It's not a an issue that we can control, unfortunately. But I did look into it, and it's definitely not us. So I want to make right. sure I got that right out of the way at the beginning now, because I've heard it from a few people, and I, you know, obviously I'm, I want to look into it. But uh, yeah, it's the same video file we're using, guys. And there's and I've heard this happen. From time to time with some other pe- folks as well so apologies to everybody too much technology definitely definitely uh but no it's a good uh good to get back together with you dave um you know it's been a little bit of a crazy week here uh it has sure. yeah it has uh but but uh an exciting i mean a lot of the industry was out of tpa uh, yes. well, I guess we'll, we'll touch on that a bit, but uh, a lot of the industry is still out of TPE because the snowstorm hit the east, so people mm. can't get back from Las Vegas. Uh, I know Dave Garofalo flew back a day early because he did not yep. want to lose his Cigar Authority streak. Uh, oh. So they, he flew back early, and they did the show on a Friday night as opposed to a Saturday morning. So, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, a lot, and they, they got hit hard. They're getting hit hard up in, in the Boston area right now. Yeah, well, good, good work, Dave. That's dedication. Good, uh, good planning. That is very good. That is dedication. I mean, honestly, because that's the coop streak. I think is is something I'm proud of, right? The publishing mm. daily speak, but I think a weekly podcast streak for 12 years is is really impressive because there's so many moving parts that go behind the podcast. Oh yeah. You know? um, it's it, yeah, it's not trivial to write an article, but I think it's much more complex to put on a podcast. So uh, that that's a very mm. uh, important record. Uh, I give him credit for keeping to it. Yeah. I mean, I just I see pictures on uh, Facebook of uh, Dojo by the pool. So I, I know, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's hanging out. I'll say this. And, and the, first of all, a lot of the media guys were incredibly helpful. Like they did. They came on with live streams. Eric, Eric was mm. trying to do it uh, between his schedule. And frankly, I think being exhausted, it's hard. Right. Uh, but uh yeah, they, they were working really hard, those guys. I got to say that. So if Eric gets a little time at the pool, he deserves it, in my opinion. Yeah, get the pool. Yeah, they, they really were hustling these guys all out there this year. So uh, so I'm going to quick do some website news, then you can do some cigar news, because I think one of the topics in music news is going to generate a lot oh, of discussion. Yes. Conversation. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's updates to that, even since you posted it on uh, Facebook. Yep. Yes, so. there is. Yep. We will we will get into that, but uh, quickly. So on the website, the uh, Oops series of the 2021 is almost done. I think I got a couple more I have to post, and then you'll have a top 100 tracks. What I'm going to do so you don't have to like chase them all down is once I finish posting that and everything's posted, I'll send links. I made a playlist for both the top 50 and the Oops 
so you'll have links to playlists of uh, 100 songs to check out. So that would be awesome. That. Yep. Yep. You got that. That would be awesome. And then I'll be starting my new oldies countdown right after the Eucharist yes. is done. Yep. I saw that. I saw that announcement. Yep. Uh, now, uh, and and for those who don't know, so Coop, um, I think he did this did this last year, maybe even the year before. Last year, so, yeah. Some of the there'll be some overlap with the top fifty because some of the tracks I included, but Coop does a deeper dive um, on the records. So mm-hmm. no, I'm very excited for that list. No, I appreciate it as well. And the rule is basically the artist has to be established for twenty years uh, yep. in the business. The idea is to try to show that hey, uh, some of the established artists are still doing some good work here. Uh, and producing as good a new music as some of the newcomers as well. That's the thing. It's like uh, I, I here's here's the watch. Here's oldies, new oldies watch, 2022. Will anything knock off Tears for Fears? I, I, Tears for yeah. Fears is the prohibitive number one going yeah. in for this year. Yeah, yeah, and the album's not out yet, so it's not going to be number one. But there, it's. I mean, that's that's the I question mean, of the year. I don't know. If I mean, for the manage. next one, for the next list, for your yeah, 2022. But, yeah. Yes. I, it's the, it's the odds on favorite already. Uh, when oh, you have yeah. three, three singles released that well, uh, it's going to be tough to beat that. It will be a race. Ooh, for John two. Mellencamp, speaking of new oldies, Mellencamp just put out a record. Yes. Uh, I am very excited about that. I have not had a chance to listen to it yet. Very dark. It's, it's almost like a Mellencamp Springsteen record. Cause I think Springsteen's on like three tracks or something. Wow. Wow. I gotta give it another listen. Let's yeah. just say, let's just say Simon uh, Simon Laban and uh, John Cougar Mellencamp, their voices may have aged a bit differently. <laughs> one, one sounds a bit fresher than the other. <laughs> it's not Simon's. Yeah, that's right. Um, and then I'm gonna just gonna put up a little article on the dedication show, uh, so people can check it out because you always get questions on that. Uh, the dedication show will be coming up in March. You send them to cigarjukebox at gmail.com. I know, I don't know, but I think there's going to be a lot this year just based on people in the industry and listener feedback. Um, so I'll put a article up there so you could like constantly refer to that if you have any questions. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, we're excited about that. that. Cigar News Coop. Um, Give us a quick uh, overview of uh, TPE. How's it, like, what happened? How'd yeah. It go? Um, yeah, so what I'll say is um, I wasn't there this year, and I actually probably haven't apologized to the whole team this year, but probably in hindsight. I know some of the guys on the team couldn't go. Uh, I know mm. you, certainly you couldn't go, um, but I decided not to go even solo because I didn't think there'd be enough to, to do. In hindsight, yeah. that was probably the wrong decision, and I apologize for that. Um. You know, I don't regret going in one way because of the Omnicron, but I do regret we did miss out because mm. uh, we always try to be on top of stuff. So um, what I will say is it was a very good show. Uh, I mean, I talked to enough people out there, uh, even Aaron and John, I talked to last night. They were on a live stream and these guys were, were coming back, you know, and, and look, the Delvin Pallets guys are going to be the toughest critics of anybody. Mm. Right. These guys are coming back saying this show was that good. Uh, really? I, yeah, it was a very good show. It took me, it, you know, for for the last few years, people have been saying that TP is going to be watch out PCA, TP. And I was like, no, they're not close yet. You know, this year, this I'm telling you, from what I observed from afar and talking to guys, I everyone I talked to, I trust all those people. 
TP took a step forward, PCA's got to start looking because they're coming. TP's coming. Uh, they put on a great show. There, there was, I would say there was about 30 new products or so. You know, so it mm. wasn't like over 100, but 30's a decent number this year um, for some things. So I think everyone was really, if you're kind of a cigar geek, the cigar yeah. I think people were talking about, um, but didn't try. But the one they were talking about was the HVC uh, Rare of Rares which is the uh, mm. HVC cigar being done at LT Tom de Bronze. So right, a, lot, okay. a lot of people were talking about that. Drew Estate's got the Acid 20 Connecticut, so they have a big release. Mm. Um, Altadis has a um, – they have a new H. Upman that came out. They had a – you know, there's a Vega Fina Year of the Tiger coming out. There's also a Year of Tiger with Placencia. Um, you know, there were some companies that didn't do new stuff. There wasn't Alec Bradley didn't bring anything there. Right. Uh, okay. Davidoff didn't bring anything there, but they were there. CLE didn't bring anything there, but they were. But uh, it was an energy. And here's the other thing that I think I'll I'll kind of um, I won't because I can ramble on for an hour with this. But <laughs> I normally don't talk about a party at a Ooh. at a convention or a trade show. But Drew Estate's party, like everyone's talking about, the you know, general used to do some pretty good parties at the at the IPCBR, but. Mm-hmm. The, the feel coming out is that, is that they had like this party that Drew Estate put on was lights out above anything anything seen. It, it was raised to a different level and it made oh. it, it made this feel much more like a gala in addition to a trade show. And right. Look, no one's going to put on a party like Drew Estate and they brought the A game for sure because there was everyone was just telling me how great that party was. And I saw some of the video and pictures as well. I mean, I think everyone's coming back with Omnicron. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, I think you're going to see a spike in Omni. I told the cigar industry, right? Yeah, look uh, out. I'll, I'll see you guys in two weeks. They're like, what do you mean? Yeah, I, said, yeah, yeah. I, said, I said, you guys quarantine for me for two weeks. So <laughs> no. that's right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think that party was important because look, PCA's party, they tried. I give them credit. Mm. Honestly, they had, and look, I'm not trying to beat the PCA. That party was, a, that party was, uh, was, a, didn't work. It was a dud. Yeah. It was great. Uh, it was a great because everyone got back together. But I mean, the party was like in the, uh, you know, it was in like one of those cavernous industrial convention centers that were empty. It just didn't have a gallery right. feel to it. Like, like this Vegas pool party that Drew Estate puts on with videos and music. Mm. And, you know, it was a different animal. What, what, what they did. So uh, I really think they kind of, I kind of think they really eclipsed. I don't want to use the word mm. shame. That's wrong. But I think they really eclipsed what PCA has done, even when General was paying for it. So, <laughs> you know, right. so I think it was a good show. Uh, plenty of product stuff. They'll be on Coop. We'll be talking about uh, so you can read about it. I won't bore everyone here on it, but there'll be links there as well. Uh, and then I have links to some of the videos that we shot with. Uh, I just want to thank uh, Developing Palettes. I want to thank um, Smoking Tobacco, Matt and Nicole. I want to thank the How About That Cigar Guys. Uh, I want to thank Dojo. He he did try to meet with me. Uh, like I said, they they were busy, um, but yeah. but they were you know they were super awesome as well. And I know anything I needed from them, I could have got. So thanks to and then everyone else that I missed. Thank you as well. Yeah. So if you want more in depth stuff, Coop has those shows up. Smoking tobacco. Um, how about that cigar and developing palettes? You get the video or audio. Yep. On the cigar Coop feed. Yep, you'll be able to so get that. Be, be sure to listen to those. Yeah, they all did a really. I mean, I mean, Dave, they all took time out of their schedules to do this. It, 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 oh it, yeah. It, it, I'm, I know I'm sounding a little sappy here, but it meant so much. 
Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And we, you know, we we are competitors to some respect, but when when it comes to the kind of stuff like this and helping out everyone, this is what we 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 all do for each other. So, mm. um, you know, it, it meant a lot. I, I could tell people, and you know, we Subgar Coop in some form will be there next year. Um, and by the way, just yep. you know, my team couldn't go. They had they had legitimate reasons going on outside of cigars mm. that of course they need to take care of stuff on their home front. So, so there's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. that was a lot of the issue. You, I felt bad. Maybe I should have just went myself and I said, well, why bother? Right. That, that's, oh, yeah. that was my mistake. So I feel bad from, you know, again, that's why I'm, I was very apologetic to the rest of my team on that. Yeah. Now, speaking of, um, things to cover, we got one massive music news, uh, item that's generated a lot of content and one smaller one. So yeah. I'll do the small one really quick. Uh, music news. Dolly Parton has a cake mix with Duncan Hines. Two cake mixes and some frosting. I mean, come on. That's unbelievable. I love it. So uh, so I saw that and I lost my mind. I read that. I don't know what. I think NPR music or something. Oh, it's, love it's it. All, it's all over the place, Dave, right? It's bizarre. I, I, I looked I, at the packaging. I, I, like, it looked like, I, honestly, it looked like something like an easy bake oven. Like it really, yes, it does. It does. It does. Like, it does. But my, but uh, but it was my wife's gonna pick it up pink. for Dave at the supermarket. She said a lot but, of pink. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, pink. Yes, the little cartoon yeah. dolly on it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just out of the, now. I'm like, oh, slow music news week at the time. I'm like, well, I'll put this in here. But then, since then, oh wait, let me make I'll one more this, point. Let me make one point, dolly, because yeah. this was yeah. late. So um, there's a I put this out on Twitter. I'll put the link in as well. Dolly did a promo thing on this whole Duncan Hines thing. Yes, I saw a picture of it. And he revealed the secrets for keeping her marriage spicy after 55 <laughs> years on this whole thing. <laughs> and basically, she dresses nice for her husband. <laughs> oh, Dolly. So, yeah, you got you, I, the videos. Out never... there, it's, it's beautiful. You got to see that. <laughs> Dolly. And she's so innocent the way she says it. You know, it's kind of funny. And, she, and Dolly's she re- the best. She reminisces about her Playboy Bunny outfit and stuff. So it's kind of a funny oh. video, if it, but it's all genuine. So it's all good. I love Dolly. Love it. Oh, Dolly's the best. Um, all this right. A, yeah, let's get into this one. So, so I'll, I'll just give the like nuts and bolts of it and I'll let you comment on it and then I'll give my sort of opinion on it. Yep. Um, so Neil Young in conjunction, it has to be said, because this question came up in, I think, the Facebook comments. Yes, it did. So I had to look at Adam. Neil Young in conjunction with the people that own his masters. So yep. it's, it's not a unilateral decision. Like he had to talk to these other people. Right. Um, they pulled the, his music off of Spotify in response to Joe Rogan's spreading COVID misinformation. Um, which when I heard that, I'm like, why wait until now? But anyway, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. anyhow, it got a bit too much for him. Or maybe I don't know. So he said, forget it. It's off. I can't deal with this. I read too. I think Spotify accounts for like 60% of his streaming income. Yes, that's what he, um, that's what he claims. Yeah. So I, th- I read that. I think he's going to um, he's going to re reinstitute a re- his Sirius XM channel. Yep. Like a Neil Young channel. It's already been reinstated. Um, yep. Now, I just know that he said 60. I think it's like 66 percent of his. I don't know what money that equates to. Um, but uh, but but that's what he announced um, since then. Maybe a day later, Joni Mitchell's pulled her music off as well. 
Um, now, uh, so that's being pulled off. I don't know the state of who owns Joni Mitchell's stuff. Um, she announced it. I- I'm assuming if she announced it, that whoever needs to know knows and it's getting pulled. Um, I don't know. Like, like I said, I-, I don't know what constitutes that amount of income for her. I, I don't really know. Um, I just read an uh, article that-, that she made that statement. Um, and yeah, and so they're off now. There is, there are a couple like, um, there are a couple Neil Young tracks still on Spotify. They're on like soundtrack albums and stuff. Yeah. So they pulled off his albums, but you can still like, there's still some soundtracks, you know, yeah, a couple soundtrack singles and stuff. Uh, so that wouldn't really affect that. Uh, I wonder, I haven't looked, but I wonder if Mirrorball is still up there. That's like Pearl Jam album with him. If they like how that worked. But anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I didn't look. But at any rate, for all intents and purposes, his music's off and Joni Mitchell's music's off. Um, and that sort of happened within the last, I would say, what, Coop? Like, Joni Mitchell was yesterday. So the last, About like, 40 what, hours, three yeah. days or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's sort of the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, um, that's the kind of general overview now uh what coop wrote an article on this for the website so what's your sort of thoughts on it coop you know i understand um in the culture we're in today right and there's a group of people on social media that they are passionate about the politics they support and and no matter what they're going to give their opinion on it and always spin it into a in a political sense, I guess. So some people look, I get Neil Young's politics. It's very polarizing. All right. And I, and it's funny because I was accused of being on this post of being both pro Neil Young and anti Neil Young. How, how mm-hmm. nuts is that? Okay. I've been accused <laughs> on. So I guess I'm doing something right. If I guess I'm keeping as neutral as possible, which is what I try to do. If I'm actually being accused of, of, of both sides, because I put this up and it was an immediately Facebook polarizing post. Now, I had a take on this and I, I, I stand by this and I know you feel a little different. We'll talk is. Oh, yeah. This was more this was less about Neil Young caring mm-hmm. about Joe Rogan. I'm going to be honest with you, OK, because because it's more about Neil Young and, his, and the company that owns his music. Basically, um. They hate the deal they have with these streaming services. They're not making the money they mm. think they're making off of it, right? Uh, I'm not sure how the record companies felt about this, though. That's a part I'm not sure of, like, how his record mm. label feels about being because they're the ones making these deals. But they do not like the Neil Young. They are not making a lot of money. So 60%, I don't know what that 60% number is. Yeah, I don't but, know either. But it's not, I don't think it's a huge number because it was, if it was a huge number, this would not be happening. I, I don't care what anyone says. Neil Young may speak his mind and he'll say stuff and rile his fans up, but I don't know if he would have gone to this well, the... particular step. Okay. Yeah. Now, so I, I get that. Right. And I think, like I said, I've talked about this and I think this is why I think this is a huge story. Not so much that Neil Young is again upset at Joe Rogan, not so much that Neil Young pulled his stuff off. I think the big story here is this Armageddon that's starting to happen now with the artists versus the streaming services. And I, mm. I've talked a little about that last year. I talked about that's driving some of these uh, artists to sell their catalogs, especially now that they don't have revenue from, from live shows. That, I think, is the bigger story here. 
um, that we're seeing this Armageddon happen. Uh, and why I said, hey, this is with huge ramifications right now. And what, what, what Neil Young got here, he got the catalyst. He got the creative disruption to say, say, Spotify, get me the hell off you. I don't want to mm. be here. And I'm going to make life miserable for you. until." And that's why they pulled it off. You know, you don't want to be here. Fine. Yeah. You know, um, we don't have to pay. You know, not that they'll pay them on. Mm. So that, that's my take on this. Um, it's not so much. Look, again, if people are going to tell me I love or hate Neil Young's politics. That was kind of the funniest. That's how stupid Facebook politics <laughs> could be is when I was accused in the same post of being on both sides. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Yeah, I'm a little bit different. I mean, I, 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 I get your point of like when I read it and I am very pro Neil Young politics. So right. I don't know. I'll put that up front and I cannot stand Joe Rogan for a multitude of reasons. Sure. Um, But when I read it, I was like, well, and because it's like, oh, you know, this COVID misinformation. I don't know how to break it to Neil. I don't know if he's been listening to like podcasts, but like Joe Rogan's been putting out COVID misinformation for a very long time. <laughs> so I don't know. So I don't know if it's like it got too much or he, he said what like Neil could let the other stuff go. Yeah, but that's or my Neil's other point. Like but that's busy. my other point on this. Yeah. Why all of a sudden now is my point. Yeah. So anyway, maybe he yeah. had to get. Right. I had to talk to all, all the record companies before he uh-huh. did anything. I don't know. But it's not like it's not like Joe Rogan woke up one day and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, I mean, he's been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Now, Joni Mitchell, I can see that. They're friends, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I wasn't surprised. I think you'll see all the artists follow, too. I don't think. She'll yeah. Be now, my thing where I think it's a little bit less historic than you do, Coop, is that. I think. What the power, and this has been in music like forever that we've right. talked about forever. I mean, Brian Wilson found himself in the middle of this. Taylor Swift is trying to get out of it. Yep. It's that the history of music is littered by bad record deals where the record label really is in control of everything. And yeah. the artist gets like nothing. They get they make these bad deals, yes. So I think so. So for Spotify, I think it'll be more historic if a label pulls all of their stuff off. So, and the, what I, the example I gave is like yeah, Disney plus and Netflix. So Disney, Disney said enough. Of, why are we giving all this stuff to Netflix? I don't want to help Netflix. Why am I right. helping Netflix? Let's make Disney plus. And, have, and so everybody has to come here. Yes. Uh, and they pull everything off um, and they say, nope, you know, you got to come to Disney plus. You got to subscribe here. Like, I think the historic move will be like if say Sony to pick an or Atlantic just to pick a like whatever, if like they make their own streaming service like Sony plus and like yank it all off of Spotify and you have to come to Sony plus to hear, you know, or Columbia plus or whatever. So I think, I think, I mean, it's historic in a sense that like, you know, just I don't I don't know of an artist that's pulled stuff off. I mean, the Beatles have had took a long time to put anything on. On that was what, yeah. But your point about the but, label bit, about the whole brand—that's a great point you're making. I I think that's the big one. So like, say if you know. And the other thing is too, like, where 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 I guess I, for me it's like the the demographics of it. Like Spotify is really catering towards. 
like if you look at all the it's like Rihanna, Drake, Taylor Swift, like not really the same demographic as a Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, that sort of thing. So now if Drake said, I'm sick of all this misinformation, I'm gonna take all my music, <laughs> they might be yeah. like, oh, hold on. Yeah. Cause that's like hundreds of millions of of downloads. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's historic in a sense that like we haven't seen it. Um but in terms of the impact, I think the real impact will be if a label decides to do that. Oh, I totally agree. At first, that's a great point. Where I look at this, though, is I think it was the other part of what you said. Hey, like the Beatles took a long time to negotiate onto that compared to everyone else. Yes. I think for the most part, if you talk to most music fans, right, they kind of will say they kind of take they have Amazon, Apple, mm. Spotify as a given. Hey, they can go to mm. they can go to these. Right. And for the most part, they're going to get everything they need. But maybe they prefer Apple's platform to Spotify's or mm. maybe they prefer going through Amazon. You know, it, it's more of a preference of the platform as opposed to the preference of the content. Right mm. now, when you see something like this happen, where an artist is now basically going to shun one of the platforms. Right. This is where I think some of this is going to start to happen, where no longer are the consumer is going to be able to take for granted that they can get yes. uh, this yep. on, a, on all the platforms. That's, I think, where I was going with that. Now, I do yep. think what you said is going to happen. I think, Dave, what you said is going to happen in the next couple of years. Someone's going to pull a catalog off of that. And when that happens, that will be much bigger than what we talked about. There's mm. no, and I, I, I believe it's going to happen. I don't see why it hasn't happened yet. Well, it's, it's happening happen. in TV right now, isn't it? I mean, HBO Plus, Paramount yeah. Plus. I mean, it's already happened in TV, like how splintered TV and movies have gotten, really. Yeah, it's, it's you could see like a, like because right. so right now, streaming wise, you have yeah. Apple Music and Spotify. I mean, Beyonce tried right. something with Tidal that really didn't didn't last a whole long. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if Tidal's right. still going. Right. Even. Um, I mean, you have like I think Amazon might have Amazon Music or Pandora or whatever Stitcher, like these smaller ones, but. It'd be interesting if, say, like I said, like a uh, like a Sony or like an Atlantic or like a Def Jam says, well, you can only we're going to make, you know, Sony plus or whatever. And they and they pull all their music off. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, you know, I agree. I, I, do agree. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if they will, but I mean, like, I guess what's happening with you, young. And Joni Mitchell is a totally different subject, but like you said, Coop, it sort of brings it sort of brings this up for discussion. Like, well, what what's going to happen? Um, yeah, because the the other thing which is d- difficult to, for me to to figure out is that streams do count as sales. So I don't know how much or how that. I don't think it counts as a, like a one to one. I think it might be like each stream is like point. Two five of a sale or something. It's a royalty thing, right? It's a it goes with a royalties thing, I would believe, right? So he is. They are giving up sales now. They how are, much sales? It might be. So what is not, this? They might not be making a lot right now, so it might not matter. I don't know. So let's say like an out. Al- let's say an album costs ten dollars, right? Yeah, an album. I'm just doubtful. They're making the same profit level. Uh, on Spotify as they are for selling a $10 album is what I'm getting at. No, yes. So I think it's it, I think it's a lot less. And, and that's why I just go back again. I know 
this everyone just um, what they want to do is they immediately want to kick Neil Young in the nuts over his politics, right? <laughs> well, there's wait. Like, look, look, look. But here's the deal: if this was a, if the tables were turned, and this was a, a conservative artist, right? Someone with very conservative mm. values, right? Doing the same thing, getting on um, a liberal podcast, people yeah. would be saying, "Kick that liberal piece of that podcast yeah, off." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that, like if it was. Uh, What's the guy, uh, Joe Scarborough or something like that? I- I'm just saying yeah. this is more this, about yeah. people trying to kick Neil Young about his politics. And I, I get Neil Young's politics or something. Like but don't tell me that this is not this, this big. No, there's bigger I thing mean, underlying yeah. with this is what I'm trying to explain to people. And you got to. Well, see I, that well, picture. For, well, for me, I think some of the stuff should be politic free, whether <laughs> You're spreading misinformation about the disease that killed we, a million people. Sure, but, but I think, like, yeah, well, exactly. I think, but you and I in general have always tried to make this show very agnostic. Um, sure, you and I have an opinion on some. Some we may express more public than others, right? But we've always made this show about one thing, the music. I mean, I think that's what's yeah. always been, been what this is about here. Um, so, yeah. So I looked it up real quick. Yep. So when we're looking at, like, say, best-selling album, best-selling single... They do now incorporate streams and it's 150 streams for a sale. Okay. So when you're looking at, say, I was looked, I was, it went down a Rihanna rabbit hole the other day. Mm-hmm. And some of Rihanna's latest tracks, they have like 200 million streams. So you would then take that, divide by 100, break that down. They, they break that down. Each 150 is a sale. And then they add that number to whatever the track has sold otherwise to get to its final like sales number. So I guess for like if you're looking for like best selling tracks or something like that. Yeah. So now the thing is, is I don't think that, you know, there's hundreds of millions of people that are still listening to, you know, Harvest or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know how. Especially I don't know how on much Spotify, really, and you just nailed yeah. it. Especially on Spotify, right? Which no. is not a platform that's going to cater to the Neil Young fan. You you just nailed it right there, Dave. Um, yeah, that's exactly the case. He's not making the money that he was thought, thinking he was going to make on here. And but the part that confused me is I don't know how these legalities work. The record company, I would think, Reprise Records had to sign off on this, right? Yeah, Reprise would have had to. I mean. I don't and know. Then there's, I, I think other company. Yeah, I don't know how that ended up going. I think his masters are split up between like different entities. So we're talking a lot about sales of masters. Yeah. Like, for example, Bruce Springsteen just sold his masters. So let's say Bruce right. Springsteen is like, you know, fuck this Joe Rogan guy. I want to get my stuff off. Let's just say I like Neil Young. Right. He can't just do that. Right. So he'd have to go to whoever bought the masters. They would right. have to sign off on that. So, like, if Taylor Swift decided to do it, let's just see, like, I hate Joe Rogan. Let's just say she says right. that. You know right. what? And I'm so her new stuff would pull off, but all of her older records that are owned by that other guy, Scott, whatever his name is, those would stay on, right? So, yep. so he had to clear this through, through different people. Because if Reprise said, forget it, then... That's like say whatever you want, Neil. It's staying on, <laughs> staying on uh, Spotify. Yeah, he like it wouldn't happen. So uh, my guess is he had to go to all them first before he released released a statement. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but Dave, imagine that. Let's say 
I'm just going to be hypothetical. Let's say tomorrow that Bruce Springsteen signs up, sides with Neil Young, right? Look at the impact it will immediately have on this show. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has immediate impact on what we do on this show. Do we sign up for another streaming service? I mean, there's things we're we're really going to have to consider if if we start seeing this. Like I said, people, it was more about the platform with the consumer. Now they're going to have to the platform may determine what's being consumed right now. Yes. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, actually, it affected like the show already. It already affected this show with Neil Young. I'm yeah. about that. Yes, it already. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Us. Yeah. Well, I I said too. Like, or I was thinking about it. Like all the conversations that Coop and I have been having over the last year about music and ownership and masters and selling. It yeah. all sort of has like come together in this one story because all those different factors kind of play a role. That's why. And again. As a music news story, and I talked when we did the we did this show two weeks ago, and I said I thought that was the biggest story of 2021. It's mm, not even bigger mm. in 2022 already. E- exactly. I'll be really surprised. I'll be I'll be interested to see if labels pull their stuff off. I am very interested. In that too. Yeah, I I guess you don't. That... I'm. Oh, go ahead, Coop. No, guide. I was done. I I just. I mean, artists aren't getting anything. We know that, you know, for the sales count is so low that what are record labels really getting out of it that they couldn't do on their own if they made their own platform? You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, I guess the one thing is the cost of maintaining the platform you have to weigh out, right? Yeah. I think that would be the one thing they'd have to weigh it out on. Uh, like I think for Man. Example, Sony can do it, right? Sony's like a company capable of doing it, but his Reprise Records a company that's capable of doing that. So I'm kind of going, yeah, oh, yeah, for a company saying. like Reprise, yeah. I wonder what will be interesting, Coop, is if, like, say, a Disney buys a label or has their own label yeah. that is a subsidiary, yeah, and they make a Disney Plus music. Because they could do it. They could absolutely do it. They could absolutely do that. Oh, I mean, you're already looking at it. Like, oh. again, look, you, you brought the point up earlier about TV shows, right? So, yeah. I mean, uh, Disney owning ABC and stuff like that. So all these ABC shows, uh, maybe they're not. Maybe Disney's going to hold on to them for a while, even after they go off the air. Uh, mm. Or they have partnerships with Hulu and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, we, we already see it with the with TV streaming, right? But music, mm. we really haven't seen this happen yet. And I think no. and I think now this is something that's making it much more. I think there's much more awareness. And I think you'll go back and you'll start seeing like. We always saw a little bit it's like some of the artists, for example, Walmart had some exclusive deals cut, right? On yes. streaming and, and, and on, on yeah. vinyl. You're going to start seeing, I think, more of these exclusive deals cut as well which is going to be a whole yeah. other factor as well. I have a feeling the way this show is going, we're going to have to go like multi-platform at some point in, in a couple of years. And maybe we're going to have to do that. Right. We may have to figure out. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't see how we're going to get around. it. No. And I mean, I think your point around building and maintaining a platform is a good one. Cause like with TV, it was Netflix for a very long time. Then Hulu, and then all of a sudden Disney Plus and there's this huge explosion into like subscription TV services. Yeah. So I think maybe like record labels are just biding their time trying to figure out how to 
construct and maintain the platform. And then all of a sudden you're going to see this like, you know, because I just don't I just don't see Spotify because Spotify to me looks like like the Netflix of music, really. It, It is. And I don't I don't see labels putting up with that much for you know they want to cut out the middle guy i think right. on that yeah i think they do too and i and i think they want to make money and i think just hey giving it to everybody is not going to be good business strategy going forward with this so no um and by the way oh don't think you and I don't think this won't happen like with youtube music either right some people said you can always go to youtube yeah that youtube music is, is is basically spotify their own version of spotify it, it's going to happen there too is what i'm saying yeah so, I mean, yeah. so I, for all the abuse I took this week about being on Neil Young's side and being against Neil Young, I hope this brought some light to it. <laughs> this is, I, it was fun getting beat up from both sides this week. <laughs> Dave, Dave at least gives his opinion on the issue. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no problem here. Dave, yeah, 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 but don't beat Dave. Up Dave, your, uh, Dave is entitled to his opinion, too, by the way. So there's no direct your uh, mail yeah. to. That's uh, Joe Rogan doesn't care what I say. He makes like Joe a bazillion Rogan. dollars. A second. Well, Joe Rogan's doing a ton for the cigar industry. I get it. Right. <laughs> Even though oh, he's, he's not God. doing a ton for the cigar industry. But, you know, he did, Nick Malone smokes his cigar. on. He smokes Nick Malone's cigar on a show. I, I get it. Right. You don't want to beat up on Joe Rogan, oh. but uh, but look, I I didn't give an opinion one way or another on this. <laughs> yeah, bat, bash me up. I gave an opinion. I yeah. can't stand Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> d- develop your palettes. Review of the week. Uh, <laughs> I so Coop. I was interesting that I've been really interested, and I got to pick some up. Yeah. But they've sort of been it seems like it's been a really hit in this year for TAA. It's either been average or like it's made the top 25 list. Yeah. Um, the uh, what's funny is I haven't smoked any of the TAAs that were released last year yet. Uh, I was waiting for the oh. one to come out because I like to do all my photo work with that. Right. So mm. I'll have those coming out soon. But yeah, it, it seemed like they had some ones. You know, obviously, some of them made their top 25 list this year. Yeah. Um. Because they just had the Luzione and they, they, they were a bit average on it. They were all average across the board, and all of them came in under a six. Mm. So, yeah, so it seems like it's been either average or great, which is just it's, it's, it's interesting because for a long time, TAA has just been like average to bad. Yeah, yeah, no. And here's what's funny, Dave. Again, I talk about getting beat up, right? I don't get beat up on this. I've been beating up the TAA oh. cigars since 2014 on Cigar Coop, <laughs> yes. right? Saying how they've been substandard. But in this case, everyone's been beating the developing palettes guys up over TAA. Cigars. Oh, for saying them good. But say, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Or, or for their mixed opinion of it, let's say. Let's go for, for their mixed opinion to them, right? Um, They were really hard on the uh, Illusioni uh uh, what was it? The the PCA exclusive they did? Yes. They did not yeah. like that. They did not like that. Uh, they destroyed that one. Um, is it better than the Illusionary PCA? Yes. <laughs> you know, they killed that. <laughs> yeah. Illusion- they, <laughs> yeah, killed, they, they killed that Illusionary PCA exclusive. Uh, well, and, and I think they have a point. And Seth and, and John, I know, bring this up a lot is that if your brand's going to make an exclusive, it needs to be better than your core line. Like, if, if I could just go to your core line and it's better, like, why would I buy the ex- 
exclusive. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing a TAA, but I can grab, you know, whatever your core line is off the shelf and it's better. Like, why would I? This, yeah. That one. So years ago, and I don't want, I want to be clear. It wasn't the TAA who really said this, but this is how TAA cigars were marketed to me as a consumer. We're the best <laughs> retailers in the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're like the mm-hmm. top of the line. Mm-hmm. We're working with the best manufacturers in the world and they're giving mm-hmm. us their best cigars. Well, what could go wrong? What can go wrong? Like you're getting the <laughs> best of the best of the best. And look, there are some epic TA releases that have happened. So it has happened. Angel's Anvil. Angel's Anvil. Angel's Anvil. Uh, the original Tatuaje. Fonseca mm-hmm. did one, which I still think is the greatest TA cigar ever done uh, by Casada. It was a Manuel Casada Fonseca. Rocky Patel's done some years ago. But now what's happened is basically they go to manufacturers and say, uh, hey, uh, you make us, just make us a TAA cigar, right? <laughs> and what do manufacturers do? They don't go to the drawing board and they say, no. and I want to say, no, I think Crown Heads does. So I want to take, yeah. I want to take Crown Heads That's it. Yeah. and a few of these other companies down. Most of them don't take this seriously, like Crown Heads mm. does. I think John really puts effort into a concept they blend. I mean, you see it. I mean, if you don't, you, you, you well, that's an established them. line. That's established line in and of itself. Angel's Anvil, well, like well, it's, it's gone past this. But well, what do the other ones do? Yeah, exactly. But what's yeah. the other company do? They pick up the phone. Hey, we need a TA. Like, so what, what do you got lying around the what factory? Do we got? Yeah, that, that's what. That's <laughs> what. This, honestly, that's what's happened with a lot of these, right? So it's unfortunate that the series gets kind of. Uh, it's kind of got misaligned. Why? But I think development talents to their credit has identified some of those ones that there are still some standouts in there. I think the crown mm-hmm. Edge one was an example. So good for them on that. Yeah. I mean, I think the CLE one, they really liked that one. I, uh, that one, the, I, the, I, Hoya, I, the Hoya one did really well. Was yeah. it the Hoya one that the did Hoya well? one did well. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. I, always, I always think the crown heads one has been pretty I, that's what we, Crown Heads, Tatuai, and LaFleur yeah. These are the most consistent After that, it's been a little more hit and miss Christoph's had a couple of good ones You know, Matt Sherman's had a couple of good ones recently Yeah, They did before they, they went under Yep um, But yeah, you're right I mean, TAA sort of turned into the lost and found project like, it, 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 ha- like- <laughs> it has and, and the quality is it looks suffered And in some cases, what you'll see is like Hey, let's use this cigar But in a box press when it's really round mm. Or mm-hmm. let's use this cigar in a Rosado wrapper instead of a squirrel yeah. wrapper. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there was a reason why those alternatives weren't picked sometimes. Yeah, 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 as, yeah. And yeah. I was good, right? And I think that's a little bit of that. So I think sometimes they roll some cigars with that or they they know they have the blender and they roll. Few, I mean, and that's, I think, why you're getting a lot of these substandard TAA cigars mm. that have been happening over the years. And, it, and they are, I'm, I'm sorry, they are substandard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, but no, it's interesting. Their discussion on that and uh, yeah, oh, big opening block today, Coop. Yeah, Ooh, we had a big one. Stuff. I mean, like I said, that was a big story. These are big stories we had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we have um, the week. Oh, so we gotta get to what we're smoking, right? Yeah, I'm continuing a trend. So the last I had a Caldwell last week, so I'm giving a bit of love to some of our now and nevers that we've had, just to you know showcase what we do love about them. And so this week I have Casada. Well, I think Matt, did Matt have him as a, them as now or never? Matt from uh, How About That Cigar, I think, had them. I think and we all did. sort of. I actually did. I actually, I actually didn't, but I actually think they're on the uprise, but we'll talk about that in a minute. By the Oktoberfest, this is the 10th anniversary. I think this is the Bavarian. 
This is the Bavarian. size. Good cigar. Uh, no, I really like the cigar. I really like my favorite one, I think, was the keg was my favorite. And Coop knows I love that sort of stout. Yeah, I love the Camacho barrel aged stout. So that was my favorite. But this is a very good cigar. Um, oh, I've totally. had a couple of these. It's 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 very good. Did you get these from me or no? No, I got these from Neptune. OK, I thought because I thought maybe I had sent you a couple, but I maybe maybe. Well, no, I probably didn't. I'm probably because Ben and I actually did this on Smoking Syndicate. This cigar. Oh, nice. Uh, and we love this cigar. OK, uh, the Casada 10th anniversary October Fest. It's a different blend completely than what they've done in the past. It's a Mexican San Andreas, which most of those have not been Mexican San Andreas that you've had. And we were really, really pleased with this cigar. Like, and this is why I didn't put Casada on the now or never, because I think what they, they put out the product this year. Like I mentioned this, like the products they put out were on point. Now they just got to get into people's hands. That's the next part they got to do. But for the most part, I thought they did a very good job with, with, with the products they came out with and their existing products. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. This I saw you were smoking a cigar. I actually have this coming up on a written review on Coop pretty soon too. But Ben and I already Ooh. did. We already did a smoking syndicate on this, uh, where we we talked about this cigar. And we were very very high on this cigar. No, I mean it's got it's got a bit of spice kick to it. It's rich. It's got some coffee in it. Very very it's rich. Got a, a, yeah, it's a it's a great cigar though. Like, have you had the sixty? I think this isn't a six by sixty as well. It's actually sixty five. Called the Uber. That sounds insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if I'd be able to handle this to that size. This is the Bavarian, which is a uh, Robusto Extra. It's, it looks more like a Toro. It's five and a half by 52. Uh, there's an Uber, which is the six by 65. And then there's oh. Das Boot, which is a Torpedo, a Velocoso at 652. So, okay. Uh, but uh, like I said, I, you know, these cigars have been. Um, They've always been popular in the Charlotte area. Mm. Well, the Oktoberfest line's been pretty popular, hasn't it? Like, generally speaking? Yeah, they have been. And, you know, these are meant to pair with a beer. And, you know, I paired this with, like, uh, a stout, you know, and I think this paired oh. very well with a stout, uh, this particular blend. Uh, so, I was, like I said, I was really pleased with this cigar. Um, it did very well. Um, maybe even on, it could land on the coupe list at the end of 2022. I liked it a lot. Whoa, love it. And Casada, if you're listening, I know you are. Get, get, get some more kegs out there. That cigar was awesome. Uh, yes, I agree. Um, I, that, those cigars were definitely awesome. Um, you remember the original kegs? They had the shamrock on them. Yes. And then they kind of dressed up the band really nice. They kind of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they fancied up the band a lot more. Uh, and they always put those out in time for St. Patrick's Day. What's the... Was the was the box was a jar, wasn't it? it was like, couldn't you get them in a yeah. jar? Yeah. yeah. I have a couple of them actually upstairs in my office. Nice. They were great. They oh. were great. They were great. They were, you know, great they're affordable. Uh, these are affordable too. This Barbarian is nine fifty. Yeah. Not a bad yeah. cigar for a one year one time limited edition. And uh, Neptune anyway has them in three packs. You can get a three pack, like in its own humi pack. Oh, really? Mm. I gotta check that one get out. And you get a three pack of the sixty five, which would just be insane. Well, I saw you yeah. take a picture of a nine by ninety. That looks crazy. 
Yeah, you want one? Except it would cost you a fortune. They'll get it probably. No, the I tax about, would be like six thousand dollars. I, I I actually thought about sending you one of them, but I was the and I, I didn't know how you like it. But that that will we're gonna smoke that I think live at some point. But we decided Jesus. I don't know how we're gonna do it because we're not gonna talk for five hours live on that cigar. Do they have a cutter? Like, do they have cutters that big? Or do you just use a knife? Or what do you do? Oh, geez, I'm actually I was actually thinking about that. I know they make 80 ring gauge cutters, right? Uh, I'm actually going to yeah. contact Tom Lazuka to see what we should do on this, right? To kind of just use a, a, a razor blade or something. we may have to use a razor. Blade. Yeah, you'd have to use a razor blade. Yeah, because uh, I'm a little nervous. I when I first smoked the 80 ring gauges, mm. I punched three holes in it. And it's not a good idea. No, you got to get that. You got to get that off. Gotta but I don't know it. if the yeah. 80 ring cage is going to work, but I'm actually going to contact. I was actually because I just got him this week and Tom Wazuka was at TPE. So I'm going to say, Tom, man, what do I do with how this? Do you? How do we like we want to do this? We don't we don't want to destroy the cigar in the process. So uh, but mm. Dave, when you look at a six by 60 versus that 90 and I'll try to. Oh, gee, that, it's going it, to it's it's enormous. It's enormous. It looks like a short next to a, it. It does. It looks like a little petite corona. Versus, yeah. Oh man. Um all right. Let's get to the music. Oh yes, the Rolling Stones. We're getting to the midway point. So this is exciting. Yeah, it is. It is hard. So, like my general thoughts, and this comes this has come up every time. It's getting harder and harder to pull tracks off. Yeah. It is. I found Coop that the the sort of 25, 2025 last song. So like what? So like two, you know, 200 to two or um, kind of your last 25, like your 275 to 250, whatever was just unbelievably hard. Like yeah. it's yep. it, it's got some really big records on here that I think we'll see again. Got some tracks off some really iconic records, um, some really big names coming up i think it's a good block for r&b and hip-hop um and you got some i think some rock and disco which was too low yeah which should have been higher higher up i would subscribe to all those points yes um do you have any other yeah any other so, initial thoughts so yeah to give you people an idea again dave and i try not to look at this list of, uh we have not really looked at these going forward we kind of go into these mm. cold we did, like I said, look at the top of the list, so we are familiar with that. But um, so Dave actually takes the first cut at the notes, right? So I saw Dave put in the notes, and you know, and I said, all right, let me take. Uh, I have forty songs I could still pick from this fifty, right? I pulled out seventeen, Dave, that I would say I want mm. to talk about seventeen of these songs. I gotta get this down to ten. So give you an idea, that's how t- that's how really competitive this section was, because I normally I come up with twelve, right? 17 mm. this was the most i came up with by far um the other thing that i noticed with this particular list is um a lot of artists had their signature songs here yes so i started seeing a lot of artists like this is the song they're best known for or one of the two best songs they're best known for. Mm. and i saw more of that in this group of 50 than we've seen in the first four mm-hmm. which is telling me we're getting now into some of the nitty-gritty with this and yet i think women had a very good list here uh the women did very well in this section so uh you know i think that was another good showing uh looking at my list there was several females that made it uh in that 17 mm. so and i had i had to whittle mm. it down obviously yeah it's uh it's a good it's a good list um 
I tried to focus on artists that we might not see a whole lot of again. Yep. Uh, so that's why, and we'll get to to some of that. Yeah. Um, and, and yep. Yeah, I think we try to do a little of that, and then we pick our favorites. Obviously, if there's one, you know, and I think I had another one of my favorites come up this time. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna jump around. I'm gonna kick us off. Let's do it, man. Usually I go in. Usually I go in order, but yeah. I knock some off the list and replace them, and <laughs> so I'm jumping around. I'm I'm actually jumping straight into number two sixty one. All right, go for it. Which is Curtis Mayfield and Pusher Man. Oh, so, you know, was Curtis already on the list? I think he was. I think he was. I think Superfly is going to be higher. So I was like, "Ooh, should I wait for that?" But then I'm like, "No, I really like the song." Yeah. Um, I think he was on. Before. Yeah, he was. I yeah, think he, I'm I think positive so. he was. Yeah. Um, so it talks a lot about racism, uh, drugs, obviously, sort of like the issues facing urban life, especially for. Uh, black people in urban settings is what she sort of is touching on. Um, very raw, very honest. Uh, it's a banging track. I love the song. I love his vocals. Uh, and I guess it's really sort of trying to bring a lot like those movies at that time. I guess it's trying to bring out, well, what are the problems that the social problems people are facing in these cities that need to be addressed that people are turning a blind eye to, essentially? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's also... Other than the vocal and stuff, I guess it's also very sampled. It's an often sampled song in hip hop. So uh, that, I guess, is also underlines its importance to sampled a lot. Sure is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this was a good pick. I think we're going to see more Curtis. May- I think he could have two more songs on here. I reckon he's yeah. amazing. I found Freddie's dead. You got to figure he's going to be on here. Yes. Uh, Superfly, yep. you know, Um. But yeah, you know, I look back at like I've really become a Curtis Mayfield fan in the last five or six oh, years. Um, he's so good. He's so good, and it just seems like when he was alive, he didn't get his due. Uh, yeah, you know. But you know, there, you know, I think I mentioned there's a Tears for Fears connection that when Kurt Smith and Roland Orr is about split from Tears for Fears, Kurt formed a band called Mayfield, and the joke yes. was Kurt is his- Mayfield. Mayfield. So it was a tribute to him. Um, and then even when Curtis Mayfield died, it almost seemed like an afterthought. Like it wasn't, he didn't get the mm. attention. Like he died, I, he died the day after Christmas in 1999. So it was like right after Christmas and everyone's talking about the new millennium. It, it kind of got lost. And I think, I don't think his accomplishments were celebrated enough really. And it was a shame yeah. because he, he's that good and he's worthy of having song i thought i was okay with the placement of this song too i did i was fine with this placement yeah great yeah. song yeah i agree you're one i knew you're gonna pick this one and i'm excited that you did so yeah um coming in at number th- i did go in order here but coming in at number 300 the b-52s Seth, yes rock lobster <laughs> uh i love this i first of all i love the b-52s i love fred mm-hmm. snyder on the lead vocals I love mm-hmm. Cindy and Kate, the girls. Um, they make me feel good. This song is quirky. It's energetic. Um, it, uh-huh. it makes you smile. Okay. And at one point on Rolling Stones list, this was as high as 147. It comes okay. in at 300. Uh, I'll be honest, 147 a little high, I would put it. But, uh, <laughs> yes. but 300, I, I'll say this is okay with this song. 
Yeah. But there's nothing like the end of this song when when Fred Fred Snyder's going, there goes a stingray, and then the girls start doing this stingray song, and they go, there goes a manta ray, and then they try they try to do this manta ray thing. There's nothing like a song out there like this. And if you want to say the B-52s are goofy and I don't like them, that's fine. But you know what? They put a smile on my face and they're unique. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy this song's on here. No, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's a great pop song. I don't think you can fault the B-52s as like a quirky pop band. They, um, they, but they have a quirky. Fred Snyder's, yeah. he's quirky. That's what he does. Yeah. I, I don't well, think this is last. I think this, they're going to get one more song on here. Well, that love, when, well, Love Shack has to be way up there, doesn't it? Love Shack, I would think, would be. I think Love Shack will be on him. Maybe Rome, but I, I don't think both of them get on. Yeah, but it's a uh, no. It's fine. I thought you'd, if I'd pick it, so I left it uh, for you there, Coop. I appreciate that one. I would <laughs> I wouldn't have been upset if you picked it because hey, we could talk about it. That was the most important. One forty-seven, man. That Ooh. was a little. That's a little high. That was. Uh, a and high. I think. I think again. It's now the times have changed a bit. And, you know, you some of these other artists have come along. I, I, I think certainly they have their mm. due. And I, I think this song's fine. I have no problem where they place this song. Yeah. My next one is one I added on late, which is why it's not in order. And it's Toots and the Maytals with Pressure Drop at 278. Uh, now, there's a lot of, there's other, reg- like there's Bob Marley on this block, but I, I know Bob Marley is going to get higher. So I know for I know Bob Marley's gonna be higher because you're not gonna have the only Bob Marley song at like 260 or whatever. So I didn't go with Bob Marley because I figured, well, he'll be a lot higher and I'll wait for that. So I went Toots of the Maytals, Pressure Drop, 278. Uh it's an iconic track. Uh it has great energy to it. I love the energy of this track. It has a gospel and dance hall sort of energy to it. Um, I think it's a lot of people have heard this track and uh, know about it, and um, it's quite well known. Ooh, as a plane drives by or flies <laughs> over. I, I, uh, the reason I picked this one over Bob Marley and that is I just don't think Toots and the Maytals will get on again. They might, right? But, but if this is where Pressure Drop is, like I don't know what else would be up there like it was in um was like the harder they come it it, it, it's a very well-known song i don't know what else would be up there so i wanted to give them their props while i could so yeah toots the maytals pressure drop yeah and i kind of figured that's why bob marley and the whalers weren't picked by you um for that reason i figured you went one or the other and i think there's another artist uh we'll talk about that's going to be in that same boat because we try to make this a diverse list here. Uh, what yeah. did you think about where this came in at? I mean, I, I was okay. Again, I was okay with this. I didn't have much of a problem with it. Well, when you're in this, it's hard to argue when you're in the same block as like, I think it was get up. Stand up was, was in this block. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that was a little like, higher. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, if you're in the same block, it's hard to say pressure drop is more important than that song. So yeah. I if that's agree. where they're going. Yep, I agree with you on that one, uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, those are you know, you have two really iconic, uh, like I said, iconic songs in there, and I and I, like I said, I kind of figured that's what you did there. Uh, yeah. You know, like because you know, I was saying, well, 
why wouldn't Dave have the whalers on here? Right. <laughs> but then yeah. when I saw, I saw, okay, I see what he's doing here. And uh, what was it like? Two fifty eight? I want to say it was, it was, um, which one? Uh, the Bob Marley one. Yeah. Or t- something oh. like that. Two fifty something, two sixty something. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, two sixty. Yes. Yep. 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 Get, um, get up, stand up. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I just figured he'll be on again, and I can talk about him then. So. Yep. But Toots, yep. I don't think Toots will be on again. So. Yep. Oh. Now your next one, Coop, is uh, is a great track. That I almost had on my list, but took it off because I think we'll see this album again. But uh, what do you what are your thoughts on this track? Um, yeah, you know, um, so the interesting thing is the track is wouldn't it be nice by the Beach Boys, right? So mm. this we talked about this song. We just did album archaeology, right? And you know, I've mentioned that this song is so much about what Pet Sounds was about. You know, the harmonies, the 12 string guitars, the mando guitar, you know, mm. just the whole orchestral vibe. Uh, you know, Brian Wilson's uh, songwriting. We, we went through yeah. a lot of that. Right. But in a 297, the first thing I got to say is this is low, right? For, yes. From an album that was ranked the number two album on the yeah. album list. Right. So and, and one can argue that this is in the top three songs on that album. So how does that album go number two and this song at 297? I, I just think it was way low here. Um, mm. I would put it somewhere maybe outside of 100, but I wouldn't yeah. have had a problem if it was in the top 100. So um, that's kind of that's kind of where I was going with that. I, I didn't quite understand uh, why um, why this was um, number two. It was it, to me, and it was another. Um, there was another one that's coming on. Uh, you know, there was another artist we didn't talk about here, Marvin Gaye as well. And I was yes, thought, yeah. I'm saving him. Yeah, I was saving him as well. But uh, you know, getting the same thing because he was ranked, I think, the top album on that one for yeah. sure. Oh, it's, so, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I thought this was a low. I thought this was very low, especially like I would say this is one of the best known tracks of Pet Sounds. So, uh, I, so I'm surprised where it came in. I, I'm just kind of perplexed where it came in. I the only thing I can think of is that they have a couple other tracks and they all would have been in a similar position and they were like album fatigue. Maybe they didn't want that many from the same record. I don't know. I I think it's too low. I think. I think God only knows is going to be like that would be 50. That that's the one I'm thinking. God only knows is going to be very high. Right. And that would be the only one I would say that would be the only track that I think eclipses this one. Uh, there's some, I uh, look, I love, uh, I'm waiting for the day. It's not going to yeah. be on this list. So, no. you know, but, but, uh, you know, uh, Scoop John B, I don't think it's gonna be on this, but you know, God, I only knows, be on this list. I'm thinking God only knows it's top 50. Yes. I think it's gonna be very high. Oh, I, th- I hope so. Yeah. But no, good, good pick. Great record. Yeah, absolutely. But too low, guys, you didn't do good with that one. I mean, the only thing I can think of, Coop, and I think this might happen with some other records, is it might be record fatigue. Like, the you record want- is so good, you could you could put, like, five tracks off it, but you don't want too many off the same record in the same place, I guess. And I'm wondering, we talk about Prince of Purple Rain, if you're going to see yeah. that happen. Because there's three songs on that album that should be in this top 500. You know, yeah. and they're going to be close together. I thought maybe we would see one today. Uh, but, um, you know, again, I, I think 
I don't think they mind pushing the artists close together, but the albums, I think they do try to spread the album. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because we got we have an artist that is on this block twice. Yeah. And I and I uh, and I kind of let you run with the artist because I figured for me to just say the other song was was probably gonna be silly. We could talk about it anyway. So (laughs) that's how I kind of eliminated some of my seven is I use a little logic like that. So. Oh, look at that. Yeah. See, that's the best part about doing the list, figuring out what everybody's going to do. Yeah. Um, well, you got another one coming up, man. That's another like hot miscarriage of justice here. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Uh, well, it's not this one. I have Bikini Kill Rebel Girl at 296. Too low. I put way too low. Yeah. I put way too low. Yeah. Now, the only reason I think is that they're not well known, maybe, but way too low. I think it's one of the most influential women's rock tracks ever. Yeah. Uh, ushered in the Riot Girl movement, uh, feminist views, and it also set up groups like L7, Cedar Kinney, no doubt. I mean, basically any woman that fronted a band from 1990 on or 96, I think it came out. Um, yeah, way, way more influential than I think they give it credit for. Uh so, yeah, way too low. I don't know what the thinking was other than maybe I don't know. That <laughs> It's perplexing. I think it should be at least a top 100 song just for its. I mean, maybe not top 50, maybe even 150, but way, way higher than 296. Yeah. You know, it, you, we did the punk show with Trip. You know, we talked a yeah. little about, you know, it, it was. Female punk bands are tough. They, they've been tough. There are them out there. It's hard to find a song with the imp- again. This list I think is about impact. It certainly belongs on this on this list. Yeah, I mean, I think it needs to go higher. But I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, the, the other thing with this list is that we're talking about the list, and it's it's this pool of people that vote on it. So like, you don't know. You could have someone that's like not into the riot girl stuff as much, or, I mean, you don't know what, what people's views are. It's all pretty subjective. Yeah, I agree. Now you're, cause your next, your next track two coop. I was surprised to see it where it was at as well. Yeah, I was surprised. I didn't have too much of a problem where it was, but I thought it was a little low. Um, and this is a, this is what I call, I would say this is one of the this is where I get into this category of a signature song. Uh, and I would again, I'd put the some the B-52 and Beach Boys picks as signature songs. Uh, but mm. in all these cases, I think these artists have had more than one signature song. And I think it's the same case with this artist, the who it's the who and it's won't get mm. fooled again. This is really a this is a signature song. They've been doing this song for 50 years. I mean, they play this mm. song live. It's always on a set list. Uh, you know, this is what they're going to play at a Super Bowl, at an award ceremony, at a Live Aid, Live Aid, whatever you want. They're going to do this song, right? They do it good. It, it's, a, it's a good song. I think it's maybe it's just a little overexposed at times because the band has so much yeah. more to offer. Uh, it's yeah. a problem. So, but I wondered right away where the who is going to be going with this list. Uh, because does Bob O'Reilly make it? Um, you would think I don't, behind, I, behind blue eyes, behind blue eyes, make it. I love yeah, that. Track. And Eminence front does Eminence. Front, I mean, I was, I, I'm not surprised, Dave, if this is the only who song on this list. 
I think well, when we but recap also, some of this, we're gonna be. I think I think we need to do a recap show, an eleventh show, when this is all done, and look and look back at everything. Oh yeah, but also I like, yeah, go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. It, oh, I was just gonna say it's a lot like the Beach Boys in that that that's a very well regarded record. It's a great record. Like I said, it, the only thing bad about it, it was I think it's been overexposed by the band too much. Yeah, but, but you wonder like, well, how many are you gonna pick off the same record? I guess like. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, with pet that's sounds. Where, that's where you're going because uh, yeah, this was on the Who's Next album. The Who, but the, here's the other problem, Dave. The Who doesn't have a lot of studio albums. Anyway. No, they don't. So I mean, no. you, they did one actually a couple of years ago. It was like a long gap before studio albums with them. So yeah, that's where I think this is going to be a little bit of a problem for them. Uh, Great record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but I love this. I love this. Uh, it's used in soundtracks a lot. This song. It's it's. Uh, and and you want you want to hit a whole album cut with the instrumental uh, yeah. interlude, yeah. Great, it's a great track though. Now, would you say, Coop, that this is sort of falling under our theme of sort of sixty late sixties, seventies rock, kind of getting lower than than uh, we think it should be, or I mean, is or I, or is this sort of what you think it would be, regardless of? I think so. Right now, I said I thought it was right, but I'm trying to give some credit to some of the artists that have come in the last 25 years. Uh, but I think if you yeah. did, I don't know where this came in in 2004, but I bet you in 2004, this was top 200. It should have been at least. top yeah. 200, maybe mm -hmm. closer to 100. So mm -hmm. but I think I mm -hmm. think that's a lot of what's doing. It. And, and I, again, I, I, I just wonder if the overexposing of this song and I, I waited on the voters a bit. Like, Could be. yeah, you know, you like, you know, Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, they're playing this one again. I would like yes, to hear him. I'd rather hear him play him in his front, you know. So, that's right. I, yeah, that's what I wondered maybe happened here, but I think it's more from the newer artists coming in. Um, speaking of another band that's too low, uh, I went to Velvet Underground and Sweet Jane, yes. the next one at Ooh, 294. I am shocked. I am shocked too. here. Uh, Velvet Underground, one of the quotes from the Velvet Underground. Is I don't know if this is from a music critic or someone in a band, uh, but they said not many people bought a Velvet Underground record, but everyone that did started a band. Yeah, <laughs> it's like this is a quote, and and, and and they are so influential. Like Lou Reed's amazing on this track. I mean, the band itself is it's known for a blend of drugs, gender bending, and I think romance. Because I think there's a lot of romance to the Reed's voice in some of these tracks. Um, and it's an amazing band. And I am shocked that it's this low. I'm shocked because because it's it's not just an amazing band. I think it's an amazing band where most critics and music lovers recognize their importance. So that's why I'm surprised it's so low. Yeah, uh, unless um, they got another track, unless they got another track that's higher, like Walk on the Wild Side, maybe. Something. But that's, that's just, solo. That's solo. Louise. That's yeah, solo. But, so yeah. I, I don't know. You know, we talked a little about when when Trip was on the show. We talked about like punk scene and New York scene, and a lot of these artists some of them are, are seen as regional artists. And I think a lot of, to a lot of respect, mm. Lou Reed was a bit of a, and the Velvet Underground was still seen as regional artists to some extent, like a New York artist or something. Yeah, and oh, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting uh, point. But if you follow the music circles, that's not. This is the thing. It's not the case if you follow the music circles, and certainly if you're Rolling Stone, you've recognized this, right? But yeah. still, I, I I wonder if that played into this a bit, uh, you know, because like Lou Reed is, man, I mean that guy, you know, we, I didn't appreciate him enough until later in his career, when he was alive. But the guy was the guy's a genius, right? 
And this song, uh, I agree. How is this song at 294? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you want to say 194? I'm fine with that, right? But this is, I guess, this isn't, you just, every point you made, I love your quote uh, about not many people bought a Velvet Underground record, but everyone did start a band. That is so true. That is so yeah. true. And, and he did so much for the New York music scene, or they did so much for the New York music scene. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm perplexed on this one. I, I didn't. You brought up a really interesting point that I didn't think about is that they they may be seen by some as a New York regional band. Yeah, I never would have thought that they shouldn't. That's the thing. They shouldn't be. But I think there's a perception with that. Um, you know, it's funny because, you know, again, I grew up in New York. Lou Reed was synonymous with New York. Oh, he but, was. Yes. But, you know, as I got out of New York, I was amazed how many people hadn't heard Lou Reed's New York album. It is an album called New yeah. York. I was amazed how people didn't, you know, or people just think of Lou Reed as, hey, babe, take a walk in the wild side. You know, it's like it's so much more than that. Yeah. Right? And this is, you know, again, how many people heard of the Velvet Underground out of New York? It's tough, but Rolling Stone should know better. That's the thing. They shouldn't. That, that's the, that's by the now. One thing, yes, that's the yeah. one thing I'll say. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, the next one, Coop. Iconic track. Yeah. Uh, and again, again, I go with signature songs. This is one yes. of the guy's signature song, and I wonder if this is it for him on the list. Uh, and it's in the air tonight at two ninety one by Phil Collins. Mm. Yes, you know, that, that song. I mean, it was that was Phil Collins' first single, uh, and it really introduced the world of Phil Collins. Yeah, uh, and I think people, knew, you know, Genesis wasn't a household name when this song came out. I just want you to keep that. No, mind. Like, Genesis was still very much a. Uh, you know, a progressive underground band. Like they, you know, they had their following. I'm not saying they didn't, but you know, top 40 radio. No, they people didn't have that. And Phil Collins comes along with this, with kind of an unfriendly top 40 pop song. I mean, he's known for pop songs, but this really wasn't as friendly. It's a haunting song, right? It's a slow song, right? Uh, but it's you know, again, what do you hear in that? That signature Phil Collins drum, much like the Roy Bitten piano. You could tell mm. when Phil Collins is doing the drums, right? And um, I I love this song. Um, I think it's about right where this song should be. Um, maybe a little higher, but again, I'm not I'm not gonna fault it. Uh, I I do I don't think though. See, the songs I like better than this aren't gonna aren't gonna place on this list. So yeah, uh, I mean, because I like Against All Odds. Do you think that places? That's I mean, the other. That's the other one I'm thinking of. Is Against All Odds. Uh, I think it should place on it. Um, it's it's an amazing song. Um, it's a but that's yeah. the one that put you right. over the top as a superstar. Yeah, you're right though. This might be since it is a signature song. This might be it. I don't think Susudio makes it. I don't think Don't Lose My Number no. makes it. Um, no. I think there's so, like all those other songs are pretty much the same vibe. Mm. Um, but this song was kind of the one that really I think impact. I had the most impact. And mm. look, those other songs, which are great songs, would not have come along if he didn't have the success with this. And that's including Against All Odds. Yes. Yep. Yeah. No, good pick. Good pick. Uh, do you think any Genesis makes the list? Do you think he comes in with Genesis? Well, it's funny you say that. I was going to make that point. Again. I think Genesis is going to be shut off this list. I have oh. a point at the end. I'm going to make it. A, yeah. And I'm. it's again because the progressive stuff, I don't think is going to make it. I don't think it's been doing well in general. Uh, and then when I started looking at the other songs, 
that were popular. That's all illegal alien, invisible touch, throwing it all away. I don't think they had the impact. I think they were coattails over the previous work. So I would be surprised if we see, I think this could be it, unfortunately. Um, there is one song I'm wondering, which is connected to Jensen's. I'm wondering if Mike and the Mechanics, uh, Living okay. Years makes it. That's the one I would keep an eye on. Uh, what, now, this is the artist that made the list twice, or the block twice. Yep. And that's Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I went with Bruce Springsteen. I went with Atlantic City Great at 289. Can't I love, love that, that song. song. Uh, it's probably most famously covered by the band. Yeah. Um, people probably know that version more, but it's, I love it. It's off of this record, Nebraska, which I think is one of his best records. I mean, most it's not my favorite. Records. My favorite's, my favorite's still Born to Run, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's a close second. It is very dark, very haunting. I mean, even the album cover is looking at the windshield at this like desolate winter, like, you know, apocalypse landscape. It's all black and white. A lot of songs about hustle, kind of people living on the edge. Um, a lot of songs about suffering. Um, electric like chair, death a, in the electric chair. Yeah. Yeah. There's a song. Is it like, is it like state patrolman or something? There's a song about a brother who's a, who's a state patrolman and another brother who's a criminal. Highway patrolman. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he and it's a song about him. Uh, I mean, even in this, not this song, there's another song on here where he sings about driving with like a gun on the seat of his car. Yep. It's just like, yeah, it is a dark record, uh, but I love it. This song I love. It's it's amazing storytelling. It's about a guy who's still, you know, just hustling, trying to get by, kind of skirting the law, kind of like that idea of this whole record. It's like people trying to survive on the edge. Um. And it's a great song. Uh, do I think I, I, I don't see any other songs from this record being on the list? I think he's going to be dominated by uh, Born to Run. I think he's going to dominate this list. And Born in the uh, USA will have a couple, too. Yeah. Born in the USA, I think. But I don't. I, but this is a great record uh, and a great song They're coming in at 289, which I'm OK with. I mean, the song might be a bit better. But it's hard in the sense that some of his other songs are equally as well written and a lot more popular. So like Thunder Road and stuff is going to do way better. And yeah. I think it's equally as well written of a song. So I'm OK with it, it being here where it's at. Yeah, Nebraska is a, a, an album that um, I would say maybe was one of his least successful commercial albums. And that's relatively God, speaking, that but it's relatively speaking, but it's probably one yeah. of his most overall critically acclaimed albums. Right. I think it's just people really uh, stood out with this album and uh, it's a dark album. Atlantic City is a dark song. Uh, there's no yes. question about it. And um, in fact, Springsteen didn't even tour with this uh, album because it was such a dark album. Yes. Uh, you know, he actually chose not to do it. The other thing I think why he chose not to tour with it was um this is the Nebraska album where Atlantic City's on is because he ended up recording this without the E Street Band because yes, he, he originally did a recording, laid down a recording without them, and he was going to re-record it with them, and he just decided, uh, I'm going to keep this one, and let's focus on Born in the USA. So I think that's what yeah. happened there, yeah. Good move, uh, probably. Yeah. But, uh, oh, Atlantic City, uh, and by the way, uh, Atlantic City, I feel, is... Um, when you hear it with, the, he does it with the Eastview Band. Like it's amazing, uh, and 
again, it's a it's a whole song. It's kind of got a little soprano esque theme to it going. Uh, mm. So, uh, but yeah, it's a good. This is a good one. I think it's. I was okay where it was placed on this one too. I, I didn't really have an issue where this one was placed. Your next one, Coop. What we got? Uh, we got another. Yeah. Um. So this may be it for this artist. Uh, yeah. This is so shocking. I think me. it's going to be it. I don't think we're going to see another one from them. And I'm, I'm heartbroken. Uh, the artist is in excess. The song is Never Tear Us Apart. Uh, oh. The position is 282. Great Iconic song. signature song. Miscarriage of Justice. Um, Dave, just picture yourself for a second. If Rolling Stone was Oof. based in Sydney, Australia. Okay. This publication was based in Sydney, Australia. And they were doing this list, right? Where would this song lie? It would be Five. one. Five. Okay, I'll give you five. I'll give you five. I'll give you five. Okay, this song will be in the top five. There's no yeah. question about it, right? No. I don't care where the voters are. Okay, that's the thing. Yeah. But no. I'm just saying, if this was, um, I mean, I think this song got some really high votes in um Australia as far as like song of the of the century or song of the decade. Oh yeah, it, it's it, so good. It wasn't even the lead single off of of the Kick album. That was, a, I think, it was the yes. third or fourth single to come out on this thing, right? Yeah. Um, it's the song where they, you know, they the pallbearers of Michael Hutchins going. Um, oh. And it's little, but here's the thing. This song's so great. Who would have thought that this would be the theme of the band after Michael died? I mean, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it would become such a prophetic song about the band going on after Michael died. I sit there. I get a little weepy eyed on this one. I kind of because it's it's a and, and the song before Michael died was was beautiful. This is it, it's a powerful song to hear live. It's a powerful song to hear on the record. Um, mm. and I'm I'm disappointed because I can't believe there won't be another. I don't think there'll be another NXS song. I don't see how they put another one ahead of this. How do they put? I anything don't. Ahead? You know what you need is not going to be ahead of this. Uh, need you tonight's not. No. I mean, if this was an MTV video list, it would be a different story. But yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. But wow. Uh, I'm just trying dude. to think. Did they put another kick song on there? Maybe the one that did maybe the lead single or that or was no? what uh, that would be Need You Tonight. And that was the only number one single in the U.S. What about um, Mystify? I don't think it got big enough. So. I don't think it got big enough. Devil Inside would be another one. Yeah. Um, New Sensation. I mean, That's not really the greatest song. No, I mean, I would. It's not. It was a. Uh, I think New Sensation, look, I want to even say New Sensation came out before uh, Never Tear Us Apart in the U.S. I well, think I mean, Never Tear Us Apart was the fourth single. Well, I mean, in the in Australia, where with, you know, everyone, we all love yeah, In Excess. It was, the it best was the fourth ever. single, yeah. It was, yeah. Even in Australia, which is like very pro In Excess. Yeah. This song would be the top song. That's where, I, that's where I was going with that, right? So yeah. I just looked at the chronology. This was all off the kick album. Need You Tonight yes. was first. It went number one. Uh, Devil Inside was second, and it was number two. Uh, New Sensation uh, was the third, and Never Tears Apart was the fourth single. God, but I don't song. think it was the fourth single internationally is what I'm going with. I think it was Yes, it was released uh, earlier on as well. Um, so I'm just looking to see how it charted in the U.S., Oh. Courtney Barnett did a cover of this song. Yeah. New Sensation th- charted number three in the U.S., right? And then Never Tear Us Apart, I bet mm. 
it only went number seven in the US, but here's the thing. It was the fourth single. By then, everyone had the album. Yeah, by then. So yeah. that's why I, I don't think it's a fair judgment of the chart positions in this case. God, such a good song. Uh, um, it, yeah, it really it, is. It's way too low. It's, I don't know. You're right. I don't know what else gets on there for them. Anything off of like early yeah. stuff? Yeah. Uh, Don't Change would be the only other one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Dave, I know we're doing some show planning. Um, we do have to do this. Is one I am asking a big ask. Uh, the 25th anniversary of Hutchinson's death is coming up this year in November. So, I do have an ask on a show with that one. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. So it's a it's a big anniversary. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and this song we'll talk. I know we'll talk endlessly about. It. But oh. you're right. I think this song, like I said, I'm surprised because again, I I I'm have a tough one. If, if they voted another one ahead of this, I'd even kind of scratch my head. Yeah, you, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I went with a less, less influential song, I think. But uh, influential song nonetheless, and that is Destiny's Child, Say My Name at 285. A little low. Um, I know it was a little low, I thought, with that one. Yeah, yeah a little low. Not I think terribly the reason, I think the reason is Beyonce is going to dominate, so I think that has something to do with it. Um, I mean... Destiny's Child for a long time has had the sort of knock against it that it was really just a vehicle to showcase Beyonce. Yeah. Uh, but as, as a band, it opened up a lot for women in R&B. Like when you think of women R&B, you think Destiny's Child, Mary J. Blige, TLC. Like they opened up a lot of avenues that now are like her, Doja Cat. Like there's women R&B like everywhere. So I think their success really opened up a lot. I mean, especially, I think, Mary J. Blige, but their success really opened up a lot. And uh, it's a great track, and I'm a sucker for women in R&B. So you can see a theme with my songs, which is going to be a lot of women in R&B. This was a big, big, uh, I thought, this block of 50 was very showcasing a lot of females. I haven't gotten any yet, but I will, yeah. I mean, I think there might be another Destiny's Child track up. Maybe not. This is probably one of their most well-known songs. They might have like independent women up, possibly. Um, but I, but you know, it's it's just great to see her. I, I'm very excited to see some uh, Family Affair by Mary J. Blige yeah. is going to have to be up there, and some TLC. I'm very excited for. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm like one song I was just thinking about Beyonce, uh, the single ladies. I I think that's got to be oh. top fifty. I think, I think so. Got, I think there's got. I think regardless the, of what the track is, Beyonce's got to be in the top fifty. I mean, I think. And Madonna. Ways, yeah. I, where's Madonna? There hasn't been a lot of Madonna. I think there was one Madonna. Wasn't there one Madonna song? I think she's going to be top. I think she's going to be front loaded. Like I think there's going to be a lot of higher. Yeah. But there has been, I think, one track really low. Yeah. I forget what you know, and I, again, we have to go back and review this whole list. It's not Love very, Madonna. It's not um, in an easy to consume form. This list, unfortunately, it's in. You have to scroll no, and it's no, slow. It's yeah. Yeah. It give you an idea. It's like you have to scroll on this list and, and it it's a it's a very resource intensive page. They bring up. Well, yeah. Well, list. not just that, but they got like, I don't know what kind of art they're using for the album covers, but they take yeah. forever to load. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, Coop. Yes. Good pick by you. This is exciting. Yeah, so I think it's important to make. I mean, we know this artist is going to have a big role in, uh, coming up, uh, but I think this is the first major song for, that we've seen. Was there a Beatles song? And it's a Beatles song at two. There was one, but I think it was like, I think there was one in yeah. the first block, but it was some random, really early on. Yeah, song. 
Yeah, I guess I think we'll go back and we'll, we'll I'm sure we're going to be able to like distill the numbers here with this one. But this is Penny Lane. Um, and I I have no problem with Penny Lane making this list. I think it deserves to make this list. Yeah, that's right. Um, here's the interesting thing. Now, this is like similar to the Carol King thing. This was a double A single with Strawberry Fields Forever. So this is on the Ooh. same. You bought the single. You got both these songs, which is like, so how do they do this now? Do they do one or the other? I mean, it's uh, that's going to be. I mean, yeah, I think they would have gone Strawberry Fields, surely, if they're going to do one. That's why I think they do both. I think they do both. I mean, this is a you know, it's it's always been kind of an interesting. I think if you ask if you ask Beatles fans which ones they like better, I think they may go a little more towards Strawberry Fields, but I don't think it'll be terribly Mm. more. Uh, I love Penny Lane. It's a, it's a it's classic yeah. Beatles storytelling, uh, which mm-hmm. they kind of write about characters. Although uh, they write about this town and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's a great song by the Beatles. Um, like I said, I'm okay with 280 considering. Uh, like I thought there was gonna be like seven or eight Beatles songs on this list. So yeah, that's, you know. And again, if you look at seven or eight Beatles songs. Penny Lane in that seventh day slot. That's why I don't have a problem with it. Um, but I'm really interested where the Beatles are going right now uh, on this list. This is probably the first major slot that the Beatles have, have gotten right now. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting. Um, there's another band we'll talk about in closing thoughts that I'm interested to see what happens with them. Yeah. Um, no, good pick, good track. It'll be interesting to chart yeah. what goes and it- on and off for them. Yeah, and I have another uh, double ace uh, thing coming up as well. One of my songs. So, Ooh, double so yeah, ace. yeah. So, um, like I said, that's not really a problem as much anymore because no, maybe they don't buy forty fives. So. They don't do that. No, no. Yeah. Uh, I got at three two eighty one. I have clips with grinding. Yes. So, this is a song I put along with Tribe Called Quest. Can I kick it at two ninety two? I didn't really want to talk about that song because I think they'll come up again um, other than to mention it here in that it shows how hip hop is getting more diverse because you had, you know, these are both really sort of different sounds. Um, Pusha T and Malice. Pusha T is still out there. I think Malice may be doing stuff. I'm not totally sure on that. Um, It's sort of that drug dealing, raw street sound. Uh, to one of the best beats in a track uh, produced by Pharrell Williams. And the beat on this track is awesome. Very stripped back. I really love it. Um, I guess Pusha T is very well known for like rapping about selling and making drugs. Yeah. <laughs> this is sort of his thing. Um, but like I say, I think this song is so influential because of the production by Pharrell Williams. And really stripping it back. It's not that sort of Tribe Called Quest kind of jazzy sound. It's more of this just like really raw stripped back beat, which I love. Uh, it's a great track. I think it was a band. It's an influential hip hop band that maybe not a lot of people know about. So, yeah, Clips with Grindin, 281. Yeah, really good pick. Uh, really good note about the Pharrell Williams uh, production here. Yes. Um, that young man, and I'm saying young because I'm older, <laughs> what I mean, you look at artists, producers of this of this century, like the last oh, 22 Pharrell, years, Pharrell's up there. He's 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 a lock for the Hall mm-hmm. of Fame. This guy already. You'd reckon um, he's so he's been so influential on so much stuff. He's, he's good. And he seems like a good guy on top of it, which is what I like. 
Uh, he stays above the fray. You know, he just he, he's collaborated with some big artists. Uh, and this oh, is another yeah. great example here. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I think Farrell's gonna have a couple of his hands gonna be on a couple more songs on this list for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. He um, and the little blurb about the song originally said he wrote it. He had the beat and everything. He was gonna give it to Jay Z, but then he ended up doing it with um with clips. Yeah. Uh. Now your next track, I think people. This is a track where people might know the cover a lot more than the original, but it's an amazing song. Yeah, I think you have to be my age to know the original. Uh, and if you were my age, you know the original is that good. But the cover was very, I mean, you can make an argument the cover could be on this list, right? But I guess they went with I think it might be. If, if it is, um, I wouldn't be surprised, right? That wouldn't surprise me if it is. Uh, it's uh, Killing Me Softly with his song at 273. Mm. And this is the Roberta Flack mm. version, which was a monster song, Dave. This Would have song, been, yeah. I just remember this song on the radio all the time in the 70s. Uh, and Roberta Flack has that. This is her signature song. I think this mm. is the one. Um, and like I said, the Fugees come back with this uh, like 20 something years later. Uh, there's an interesting story with this song, though, um, about the origins of this song. And I'll just kind of footnote it. Um, so this song was composed by uh, two people. The music was composed by Charles Fox, the lyrics by Norman Gimbel. Uh, and the story was that Gimbel wrote the lyrics in collaboration with someone by the name of Lori Lieberman, who said she was inspired mm. by a Don McLean performance in late 1971. Um, but what happened is for years, they stood by this connection with this Lori Lieberman about the McLean thing. But then Fox and Gimbel changed the story uh, and they downplayed uh, Lori Lieberman's role because basically the lawsuit happened. Uh, and uh, basically, they, uh, I guess in that lawsuit, Gimbel threatened McLean with a lawsuit demanding that he remove from his website the assertion that McLean was the inspiration for killing me softly. So something must have happened, like, <laughs> in that relation. All of a sudden, they just yeah. changed that. Uh, and McLean responds by showing Gimbel in his own words that he actually wrote the, like, I guess there's written proof that he inspired this song. So uh, it, it's an interesting kind of backstory to the song. Um, but here's the thing. I love the comparison. If you're going to compare like covers, the Flack and the Fuji's version, it's a great mm. side-by-side comparison. Just two different interpretations of the song. Uh, and it's a beautiful... I, I think Roberta Flack, amazing vocalist. Again, I, I, I'm fine with this at 273 as well, but I bet you 20 years ago this would have been higher. And I, I couldn't find the position for performing, but I, I would bet this would have been close to like 220 to 200. Uh, you know, a while ago. Yeah, I think, I mean, the, the cover really launched Lauren Hill's solo career. Um, the cover of this song. Um, excellent song. Love this song. Yeah. Excellent pick. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, it's a good, it's good to see this song on the list. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm like a nine or 10 year old kid when I remember this song coming around and I'm like, I like this song. <laughs> you know, like it's not a song like a nine or ten year old would like. I like this song. It's pretty good. So, uh, so yeah, it kind of has always been a special song for me to hear this one. Yeah. Mm. So my next one is so this one I thought was vastly too low and should be a lot higher. <laughs> uh, I I put that it's crime. Um, and yeah, I think th Hector will agree with me. I think Hector will too. 
Uh, Radiohead, Karma Police, two seventy nine. Like, what is that, Coop? Like, what ha- was it? A typo? What, did, did did someone put in the wrong <laughs> the wrong numbers? Like, how is that possible? Yeah. Um. Yeah, a, this was one I scratched my head on a bit. Um. I think it was certainly you know where where it came in at number two seventy nine. The bottom half of this, the bottom half, uh, it's an upper half song. It's I mean, bizarre. It's, a, it's bizarre. I mean, it's 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 a signature song on an on an iconic album that's probably like a top twenty album of all time. Yeah. And it's t- what is I it this it's off of OK Computer. Uh, this song totally redefined pop music at the time and alternative music when it's sort of like music didn't know what to do after the death of Kurt Cobain and you had sort of this like wasteland of music that just kept trying to be sort of like Nirvana, but wasn't that good. So like smash mouth, like stuff like that, Bush, other bands and Radiohead, you know, coming off of uh, the bands, Pablo honey, they make okay computer, which total, which is a concept record that totally redefined music at the time blew me away, caused me to look at music entirely differently. And I think really set the path for pop and alternative music moving forward. Like it was at a time where like, we didn't really know what was going on with music. It, it was a time at, where it was a big influx of like women sim- singing songwriters, which is good. And then just like this wasteland of trash. And then they came out, put this record out. And it totally set the scene. It like totally redefined music. And the reason it's here is disgusting. It should be at least, at least top 50. At least, I would think. It is grotesque. Yeah, but, you know, your comment <laughs> about cause you to look at music in a whole new way, it's not unique to you. A lot of yeah. people say, I'm not going to say it had that same effect with me, but I recognize what this song is, too. Um, and I, that was a, an absolute head scratcher with this one. Um, I when it when it came out, I got a Rolling Stone copy uh, that did a review of the record. And on the cover was Radiohead and the, the cover said Radiohead destroyed pop music in order to save it. I remember that cover. I remember that cover, by the way. Yeah. And I was like, and, and they put it 279. Come on, guys. Un- unbelievable. Like, well, what's I mean- going on? I mean, they just put never tear us apart at 282, too. So that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what yeah. there, there was. Some, this was a, that was a miscarriage of justice for sure on that one. It's just bizarre, though. Yeah. Anyway, it's grotesque. Um, in response to this, I'm pulling all of my music off of Spotify. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean, and I think Hector's in my corner. I know Hector right now is yelling yeah. at, you know, as well, because it's just I, I don't like what track, what Radiohead track do you put higher, like high and dry or something? But they don't even have remotely the impact. Like fake plastic trees, like what goes higher than this is my thing. That's and where you why. get it. That's when I get into this, like a lot of signature songs. And that's why I kind of now you're just asking the questions. And look, there's less as we go up this list, there's less and less spots. So mm-hmm. something's giving is what I'm saying. And something that maybe the second to the second uh, signature song is it going to be. I mean, it's going to be oh, interesting to see if there's other songs that beat out a signature song. I don't know what bottom half, man. Yeah. Wow. Oh, 
love the song. Love your next song. So let's 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 get past all the anger and disappointment to now. Let's, let's you know, let's listen to a great song. Yeah, uh, we're going back into the 60s with this one. And uh, absolutely one of my favorite songs. Um, and I'll mention a couple of covers with this one as well. Uh, coming in at number 257 is Martha Reeves and the Vandellas, uh, Heat Wave. Uh, Vandellas, Vandellas. I, I always say Vandellas for some reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas. I, I love them. Martha rocks in this song, man. This is like, this is such a great song. Uh, and you can make an argument, maybe there's, a, there's another Martha Reeves song that would come in here. But uh, I, I can, like I said, this is, uh, it's, it's a great, great song. Um, and uh, it really, I think, played a role in the, uh, and I think they noted this in the Rolling Stone article. Um, this was a big boost for the whole Motown uh, movement, uh, especially yes. the uh, songwriting of Brian Holland, Eddie Holland, and Lamont Dozier. Uh, for sure. Um, and then the Funk Brothers, who are the most successful mu- uh, musicians in the history of music. They've been on more chart songs than any others. They're, yeah. the, they're the supporting session musicians. So you hear a lot of that, those signature Funk, uh, funk mm. Brothers horns on there. Uh, great covers done by Linda Ronstadt and Phil Collins. Okay. Yep. So the, Linda Ronstadt one was a monster in the 70s. She took it to more of a rock style she brought to it. Phil Collins kind of paid more tribute to the he brought the Funk Brothers back in to cover that song as well. And he does a great he did that song about 10 years ago with the Funk Brothers. Uh, I think it was on his last album. So uh, I thought this one was a little low, to be honest with you, because I think it was such a big boot. And I have another song that was mm. involved in the Motown boost. I thought this was a little low. And I think this may have been something where this got pushed down because of some of the newer artists here. Uh, but again, it was great to see a female group get on here. Um, and uh, Mar- Martha and the reason the Van- Vandellas, I'm always going to say it wrong, is uh, certainly yeah. worthy of that. I think we'll see another track from them, and I think it'll be nowhere to run. That's the other one. Like I said, it's one of two. Those are the two signature. Uh, I prefer this one to nowhere to run, but I have no problem if nowhere to runs higher. Yeah. Yeah, is what I'm saying. I, I but, I, that, but yeah. I, I guess I'm saying, like, if they are to get on again, I think it's that track. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Nowhere to run is more of a, I think oh. it's more of a better group song, but I think Martha's better on the solo with this song is where I kind of go to. Oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. Love that pick. Love yeah. Martha even the Vandellas. Love yep. it. Now, my next one, I'm, uh, I'm glad Coop didn't pick this one. It, of course, is Dolly Parton. Coming in at 263. So this is the first Parton track. Yeah. Um, Code of Many Colors, which isn't her signature song, but I think it's one that are, is a great song to a lot of people. Um, one of her best known tracks. It really highlights a lot of themes that Dolly has in a majority of her songs, like family, struggle. Uh, it brings up her upbringing, which she talks about a lot. Um, and it kind of celebrates the past, celebrates home, celebrates love, being different. It's sort of a lot of themes that she explores and a lot of her music kind of come together in this song. Um, now, the thing is, I read that she wrote the lyrics on the back of a dry cleaning receipt. That is a classic Dolly Parton move. I can see if you ever see she likes to write iconic songs like on the back of napkins and stuff. And stuff. So I don't know if it's just like she's got a lot of scrap paper laying around and she can't she doesn't have a pad or something, but she writes a lot of music on like scrap paper. 
So, no, it's a great track. I love this track. I'm okay with where it's at. I think Jolene is going to be super high. Yeah. Um, but, and I don't even know if she'll get many more. I don't, I don't know if she'll get many more tracks other than those two. Maybe the, um, uh, I will always love you as well. Maybe those uh, might be the three. Nine to five, maybe. Maybe nine to five. I think, you know, Jolene's going to be on this list for sure. Just where Oh, it's definitely. Going. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I talked about that video earlier, the Twitter video, uh, you know, with, with Dolly Parton talking about satisfying a man. Yeah. She's talking about the, the Duncan Hines cake mix. I, I get the impression that Dolly Parton, she's married 55 years. She doesn't have kids, right? No. No, she never had kids. But I get the impression she's a very much a, and I don't know how to say this without offending it. I think she's very much a traditional wife at, at heart, right? So I kind of get that impression. You know, I'm not surprised she's picking up the dry cleaning, right? And, she, you know, she's not having someone pick up her dry cleaning for her is what I'm saying. And I can see her basically going and writing this on the back of something, right? Um, so I, I definitely see this uh, for sure. And, you know, I think uh, this song in particular, I think it shows maybe she's that traditional one, but she she talks about her connection to family, like you said. And uh, yep. it's always been a theme for, for, you know. Oh, by the way, she talks about Jolene on that video a bit. She has a little note about Jolene, but she doesn't give anything away. But she does talk about Jolene on that video clip, uh, which I did share on Twitter, and I'm going to share it in the notes as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you want to check that out. I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, no, Dolly, I mean, she's very – she's got – I mean, she's – a lot of her songs are very feminist in a lot of ways, uh, especially the early tracks. Like, they refuse to play some of them on the radio. Yeah. Which, which is insane. Um, she does that. She helped sponsor a COVID vaccine. She supports Black Lives Matter. She did a song for Transparent. She is like everything. She's amazing. She's a national treasure. Now she has cake mix. What more do you want? 263. Yeah. 263. And again, I think it's about uh about right. I think it's about right where that should be. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> there's another I mean, there's another country artist on here as well, but I'm hoping she's on again. Yeah. Yeah, but, we'll kind of uh, recap a couple quickly at the end. Some of these other ones. Oh, OK. Um, so I have another female group uh, coming in at 254 uh, and Dolly versus Diana. So we have Diana here <laughs> with the Supremes stopping the name of love um, about song. right where I think it belongs. This was in the Supremes had that streak in the 60s, the five number ones. And the order yes. was where our love goes first. Baby Love was second. Come See About Me third. Oh. Uh, Stop in the Name of Love was fourth. And Back in My Arms, uh, again, a fifth. You can make an mm. argument that maybe three or four of those get on this list, right, of those number ones. Uh, I would probably say Come See About Me is the best of the, of the, of the five. Uh, Where Did Our Love Go? I put second. I put this one third, right? So I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, and, again, it's hard to pick a signature song for the Supremes here. Among those five, they're so popular. Um, so uh, not surprised here. Again, I think this is another song that played a key role in the growth of Motown for sure. Just right around the same time uh, Martha Reeves and the Vandellas did that. Um, so, mm. uh, you know, it, uh, it, it it's interesting with that. And, um, you know, the idea of that song, I think, was one. I think it was um, Lamont Dozier kind of. Um, basically caught his girlfriend uh his girlfriend caught him cheating or something right so that kind of uh right. 
I think that kind of inspired the lyrics for the song. And they find, uh, you know, the girl group, the Supremes to deliver. I always talked about how Diana was the one you, if you gave her some really, she's not a songwriter, but you give her that lyric, she's going to put everything into it. And I think uh, uh, certainly uh, Diana and the Supremes do a good job with that. I love the Supremes. Love them. Yeah, I do too. So it's hard I'm to pick one excited. song with the Supremes. I can't see this being the only Supreme song. It's it's I think there's all there's, you know, where does reflections go? I mean, that's another one. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, reflections may be the one I think that uh, even though it was reflections. God, was I love the, that song. Which I just wasn't a number one. That's what's me. But I love that song. I mean, I would think that is the one you're looking top hundred with that. So I'm I think we're going to it's going to be interesting to see how many Supreme songs land on this list. Love that song. Yeah. Um, I'm going to finish it out. This is a track. I don't know if we'll see another one of his. So this is why I put it on here. Uh, I think it's too solo. Or it's too low. I think it should be in the top 150s. That's Gil Scott Heron. The Revolution will not be televised at 258. Ooh, whoa, what a great song. Uh, it, it's iconic. It's iconic activist track. It's kind of transcended music and become a part of pop culture. Uh. We talked a lot about this track. It came out in the 70s. We sort of talked about it when we did our 71 review, sort of about yeah, music yeah. kind of around. So really, the 71 show was really we focused on music from 71, but really it was kind of like music from 70 to like 72. Right. Um, this was in that time. Very influential at 258. It's way too low. But if this song, I, I don't see any of his other tracks getting on. No, I don't either. I think this will be it for him. With this one, signature um, track. and he's and he's got great music, uh, but like inner city blues, like a lot of great songs. But I don't see if this uh, this is like you said, Coop. This is a signature track. It's the most influential. Um, so yeah, we probably won't see Skill got Skill Scott Heron again. So I wanted to um, to uh, highlight him and say it's a great, great song. Yeah, you know, um, the Many Saints in Newark. The Sopranos prequel uh, had some great music in it, right? I don't think they released yeah. the soundtrack of it, but there was about there was a lot of songs in that, right? Without a doubt, the number one the song that was placed in this movie, and I think was the most like perfectly placed, perfect setting. They use this song in, in the movie, and it's without giving the movie away, it's exactly mm-hmm. what the movie. It was exactly the point to put that song in there. Because uh, there right. is a whole other, yeah, there is a racial component to, to the, that movie, a whole mm. racial relations component. So uh, you could probably just figure it out after that. Um, but yeah, it was it, it's it's and I'm like, wow, this you know, that was just powerful for David Chase to put that song in that movie there. Um, mm. And it's and like you listen to that song in today's it, this is what surprised me a little, Dave, why this was where it was. In the context mm. of what's been going on in the world today. Yeah. That's where I kind of look, you know, especially this list was probably done when we had some of the tensions over the past year. Yeah. I'm assuming this was when, when it was put together. So I am surprised it was this low, given I think it had. A yeah, it is surprising. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's great mess. You know, this is, yeah, I know that this stuff, I think some of the Black Lives, we've talked a lot about that, right? The Black Lives mm. Matter and all. And, and I think, but we talk about this positive spins to what's happening and, this song, though, I think is important with that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, your last one, I knew this was going to you were going to pick it. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, signature song. Um, 
and uh, at 251, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Um, it's a disco classic. This song's a disco classic, however you look at it. It was one of those disco songs that really, um, I think, helped uh, transcend um, disco into the mainstream a bit. I think it's okay mm. where I'm placed with it. Maybe slightly lower than I would have liked it, but... Uh, but this was another interesting, this is a whole interesting backstory with this song. Uh, I Will Survive was a double A song, a double A single song. Uh, the other one, it was actually technically the B side to a, a, another song called Substitute, which probably most people haven't heard of, right? And mm. I guess Gloria Gaynor's husband was involved with this. She took the uh, song to a DJ, uh, Richie Kazzor. Um, he loved the song. Uh, he, he gave uh, he gave it to the DJ stack of records uh, to some of his, to give to his friends. And DJs started playing this on disco stations and clubs. And uh, and what they started playing is they started playing "I Will Survive." They weren't playing "Substitute," right? Um, it got so popular that the record company went back and re-released uh, "I Will Survive" um, as a uh, A side. So they actually came up mm. with an A side version of it because it was so popular. Uh, and I'll say this, this saved Gloria Gaynor's career. Her career was really mm. not going well up until this. And this is her signature song. Everyone knows her. You could, if you want to put her on one hit wonder, she has had some other stuff. But I mean, this, yeah. is, this is the song. Uh, we're mm. not going to see another Gloria Gaynor song on, on this list. No, 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 no. Uh, Diana's done, Diana Ross has done a very good cover of this. It won't be on the list, but uh, uh, she does a very good cover of this song. And I think she, but I think she did when she does it, she plays homage to how Gloria Gaynor delivered the message, uh, which I think was really good. There's a lot of female empowerment with this song. Uh, mm. Great, great, um, great song. A uh, little low, but not, nah, I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to make a big fuss over it. And that's it. So final, let's do a cigar check-in. How are you doing on your wow. cigar there, Coop? Yeah, this is smoking fantastic. Uh, you know, again, it's kind of got you got some of those dark, those dark chocolate stout flavors you get with this cigar. Uh, yes. Just, just a layer of spice on it. That's perfect. Uh, that's kind of consistent throughout. Mine's burning very slow, but I don't know if it's because mm. the cigar is burning slow. Or we're doing a lot of talking on stuff tonight. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like not far into it. Uh, but I tell you, this, song, uh, this cigar, uh, it's completely different than the other Oktoberfest you've had. So if you mm. smoked Oktoberfest for eight or nine years, uh, and there's been a couple of blend variations, this is the most different uh, in that it's got more of those chocolatey, chocolate, I always say more chocolate stout flavors. Uh, mm. That again, it goes good with a chocolate stout type of lager, I would say. Mm. No, it's good. I can, I mean, I echo all the, the notes, the flavor notes you're saying. Um, construction is excellent on the cigar. The thought is delivering like I haven't the had a, that bring, Yeah. I, I've never I haven't had to relight it. I haven't had to touch it up and I'm no, putting it down, I, picking it up, put it down, picking it up. Yeah. We're going to smoke on this thing, too. There's no this is where I was disagreeing a little with some of the folks is Casada is bringing the products. Now they got to just get these products. This got to get them out. That's what they yeah. got to work on right now. And I think if they, they do need it, the buzz, don't they, Coop? They need something to like get some buzz going, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, they're, they're a sponsor of us. Right. But, um, you know, we obviously mm. we, we will say. Look, we wouldn't have taken them on for a sponsor if we didn't believe that the products were doing what they did. So, um, great cigar. It's a great cigar. Yeah. Um, Real good. Final thoughts, I guess, for me, like I said, I tried to focus on bands we're not going to see again because people might be like, well, Metallica was on this list with Master of Puppets. Why don't you talk about that? Parliament was on this list. Beach Boys were on this list. Coop talked about them. 
Um, I, I assume they're going to be on again. I think Parliament's going to be on again. I mean, they might not be, but I think like some rendition of Parliament will be on here, whether it's George Clinton or whatever. Metallica is definitely going to be on here again. Yeah. Uh, I hope hopefully ride the lightning because that's my favorite Metallica song. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those people left. Bob Marley because we're going to see him again. I didn't really talk about those a whole lot. Right. Um, I think this is a great list, a great block for Motown. Very for good funk bomb. and R&B. Yep. Feminist themes did really well in this block as well. Like we yep. got the Gloria Gaynor song you talked about, um, like Destiny's Child, stuff yep. like that. Uh, and it was just a tough block. It, like, was, it was just tough to narrow it down. It, it was very tough. Uh, no stones did, yet. No stones. No stones yet. Yeah. Where are the stones? We're halfway down. We're halfway into this list. We really haven't seen them make any impact yet. Okay. That's a, I, I, <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know. If, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is this going to be like cigar aficionado putting like three Cubans in the top 10 or something? That's what I'm wondering what this is. I don't be. know. I mean, Beatles have already made it. Like, are you telling me that Rolling Stone, like all Rolling Stone songs are just like so good? They need yeah. to be. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you on that. Um, you know, just some. I want to footnote a few songs. Um, just uh, you mentioned Springsteen, Jungle Land came in at two ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that was a big one. Uh, good you know, track. That was a you know very good track. Um, mm. and uh, Alice Cooper's School's Out at two ninety three. Yes. Uh, oh. yeah. <sighs> Yeah, um, I was hard to not put that one on the list. I'm hoping he's on again. I don't think he will be. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But uh, uh, I would. Yeah, you mentioned Lou Reed uh, wrote uh, a tribe called Quest. Can I kick it at 292? Yep. So, I mean, again, that's a, that's another big one that was on there. Um, I got a couple of other ones. Uh, ACDC, uh, you yes. shook me all night long. We didn't get that. Now, that was an interesting one because I don't know what's going to happen with ACDC on this list going forward. They got to have Back in Black up there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm that's, hoping. That's what I wonder. Uh, this one, and here's another one, Dave. I don't know if they're going to be on it again. Uh, Aber at Dancing Queen, 286. I was surprised you didn't pick that one. I mean, do you think they'll have... Um, it was cool. Yeah, I, I said... Fernando? I don't think... Fern- <laughs> Fernando actually is the better song. Um, I don't know if Fernando will be on there. Uh, I was wondering if uh, Waterloo maybe is the one. Yes. Yeah. Tansy Queen, way too low, in my opinion. Yeah. Way too low on that one. Um, the This is another one that was a little surprised. Uh, Leonard Cohen, Suzanne at 284. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm hoping he's going to be back on. Yeah. Um, that's a great song. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, but I agree. I'm hoping these could be on there more. I hope so, too. Now, there's another one, I think, but he'll have some more songs. Ray Charles, George are on my mind at 283. Yes. Great. Uh, song. Well. Yeah. Great song. But I think you'll have some more on there as well. Um, you mentioned uh, you had Radiohead on there, right? So we talked about that one. Um, Randy Newman's Sail Away at 275. Mm. Uh, Al Green's Love and Happiness, 274. Uh, I agree with you on both of those. I was a little surprised on both. <laughs> I, both of those were high in <laughs> my book, uh, especially you could put those ahead of uh, Radiohead in excess. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Now, here's another one. Uh, we didn't talk about this one, but I don't think they're going to be back on the list. It's Thin Lizzy's The Boys Are Back in Town. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, but I, people yeah. like that song. I get it. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Uh, Closer, Nine Inch Nails, 270. Now, 
Yeah, I, I was close to putting that on the list. I think Nine Inch Nails will be on again. I was close to putting that on. Wow. Uh, Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody, 269. Mm. Yeah, both of those I was close with. Both that one and uh, Nine Inch Nails were, were a couple of close ones. Uh, you know, right? That's, a, you know, again, um, about where I think it would be. Shout, buddy. I always the brothers at 268. Yeah. Um, so that was another one that I think was a little uh, surprise. Uh, Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. I know why we didn't talk about that one, 264. Uh, yeah. I think there's going to be a much higher Marvin Gaye song. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I understand that. I was surprised with this one, Dave. Um, American Tomb by Paul Simon at 262. I did not see this even making the list. No, I agree. I, I don't know that why. Was, that was a surprise for me. Yep. Yep. The Whalers get up stand up. We talked about 260. Now, I think th- this one at 259, uh, we couldn't have put it on the on our on our playlist. Uh Heart of yes. Gold by Neil Young at 259. Yep. <laughs> I had that one. Actually, I pulled it off because I'm like, yeah, ah, because I can't put the song on there, right? Uh yeah, so that, yeah, that was another little surprise in there. Uh, we talked about Metallica, Master Puppets at 256. Um, Coal Miner's Daughter by Loretta Wynn comes in at 255. I think, was that the country song you were referring to earlier? Yes. So I was going to put that on. I'm hoping Loretta. I don't know. that. That's kind of her signature song. Yeah. It's a great track, but I couldn't. It was either her or Dolly, and I didn't give it yeah. up on Dolly. So, yeah. Sorry, Loretta. Yeah. Yep. And Fist then, City um, might be up there. Fist City, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But that's oh, yeah. And then Parliament Flashlight two fifty two. Yeah. So Dave, as I close out this um thing, right? And I agree with all the points you made. I have five artists, right? And I'm gonna start doing this as we go Ooh. through the list. And we're we doing artist watch. All right, artist watch, and you can tell me if they make the list or not. Oh, and or not. Okay, or here not. we go. Let's all do right? this. Because I'm wondering if they'll make it. All right, the first one's Donna Summer. Yes, I think she makes it too. All right, second one, Brian Adams. Oy. No. One. Even though he's got a monster, everything I do, I do it for you. I oh, but I wonder. I wonder, Dave, if it misses. He misses. I do. <sighs> I, I do. I I'm writing these down so we can ch- so I can chart these. I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no as well. Um, and then we talked. You asked the question earlier about Genesis. And I have a no for that. Man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it would be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Genesis. Yep. Hootie and the Blowfish. Ooh. Man. Um. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going to say and no. And the, re- the reason I'm saying no isn't that it was a bad song. But I just think that air of music is such a wasteland. I don't I don't think a lot will come through there. A lot of people, though, and that was a terrible error for music. But a lot of artists I remember saying when when Hootie and Blowfish first were hitting in the mid 90s, like, thank goodness that Hootie and Blowfish came along. They, they think they say they, they kind of just helped them tread water was. was, was yeah. Yep. So that's why I wonder. But I agree with you. It's coming from a very, very that mid 90s. Uh, that was a tough year when they came. That 95 year was awful. It was. He was talking about bad year in music. 95 was a bad year in music. It was. And then, and then the last one is Cool in the Gang. Oh, I, it has to be. 
No, was, I'm gonna say yeah, but I don't know what they get. I don't see them getting three songs or something. I mean, it, I think it's, celebrate. So it's either celebration or Hollywood swinging would be the two. I don't know. Man, I, I say I, I say they're making it. They have to. I'm gonna go. I think we're in agreement on all five. I'm gonna say yeah, but I'm questioning. I thought I would have saw a cool in the gang song by now. Like all of these, well, we're going. T- we're going upper half now. We're so if go we're saying half. yeah, we're saying they're upper half. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to come up with five for the rest of these, and we're just going to kind of, you know, we'll see who's on. I think as far as long as I can, it may get to a point where it's too obvious, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, but, but good, yeah, so we'll kind of look at that. Just kind of let's make a note. We'll look at that. I think when we recap the list, um, we'll have a lot to say on that. Ooh, yeah. nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, there's a, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, new music coop. Yep. Uh, want to mention uh cigar hustler, and I held this piece and a little piece of music news around the hustler guys. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you know, sponsored by Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Uh, they have a great retail store. Um, great lounge, great humidor. Uh, great uh customer service. I've always said that customer service is second to none. It's the best in the business. It's right up. Oh the yeah, number one. Uh, if you're going to give everyone an A, if you're going to give the A level as a high certification, they get the A for sure. Um, you want to give them A plus, I'm fine. They're, they're fantastic there. If you can't get to Deltona, Florida, you go to their website, cigarhustler.com. Get on their email list. Uh, you will, I think they just sent out an email a little while ago on something, if I'm not mistaken, about something available. Um, I might have. Yes. Uh, but it's probably already gone. I think it was a Provada uh, release. Uh, it yeah, was, a new prov- Yeah. Yeah, it was a new Provada release. Uh, yes, and the Vihi Reaper that just came out during this show as we we're recording it. Uh, that that was just released as we were recording. I thought I saw it come through. Um, yeah, so you want to get on that list? They have their own brand of cigars, Postani. And did you see the big news this week, Dave? Oh well, the only news I saw is that H, the SBC twenty is that, coming out. Yes, is yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I have smoked the SBC. He gave me a prototype of the SBC twenty. It's fantastic, Dave. Uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a huge hit for them. Uh, they kind of paid homage to SBC surrounded by champions, and they pay homage to the people who I think helped make their cigars. Uh, in this case, uh, it was a couple. I know Mike Palmer and Chet were the two guys mentioned. Uh, they have their own podcast now called the Mike Palmer the the, the shit show. <laughs> yes, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, I think what I like about what they do uh, with post signs, they they really always give credit to the people involved, whether it's the factory employees uh you know I, that's what sbc is all about and, you know sbc has made the coop list in the past uh the 16 and the 18 were great it took a little yes. while to get the 20 out but they got it okay uh so i wonder if there'll be a 22 this year just to catch up so they may not be they, they've been i mean between that and the box press war bear they've been uh, busy Oh yeah, and I'm telling you, the uh, I did get finally smoked that box press war bear. Uh, what's that will be reviewed before the deadline. So, uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> is what I'll just say. Um, so yeah, it, they they had fantastic. I, I you know I, the rounded one was I think the best. Well, you love that one. I yeah. think the best cigar they ever did. Uh, and you talk about some good cigars they got. So, uh, like I said, get get those. He, I mean, I have my e- I already have my e- email. When I saw the thing yes. coming out for Hustler, I thought it might be the SBC 20, right? 
So I was like, well, let me just, I guess I said, we may have to interrupt the show, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Like, I well, he, get, I, he usually waits until the other people that got orders get them. Yes. And, and they haven't shipped yet. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So uh, they got Paladin de Saka in there. The controversial Paladin de Saka. Oh. You know, the one that got number two on the consensus was not released. <laughs> <laughs> number two cigar in the consensus. Did, did get, it went. Saka said it was released to a couple of stores like late in December. Oh, God. I mean, look, I'm just going to I'm going to put the cigar aside. OK, judge the cigar separate. But our cigar media, this way to go. Cigar media is what I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Cigar Media. Number two cigar in the consensus. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but uh, I also mentioned because I just went through the email. They have the Espinosa Seis Provincias. Aaron Nielsen was yep. raving about it to me this morning. Um, so, and they even have some socket uh, moisture to socket unicorns at 10% off. So get get Ooh. you know the good the good guys, uh, the good retail support these guys, good people, friends of the show, and uh great products that they have and, and they have you know they have other products Dave. They, like i tell people they have fuente and promo and stuff mm-hmm. like that so you get traditional stuff there too it's a good it's a good yeah, store to, be, to really kind of be a customer of yeah. yeah yeah uh and so we're doing some new music side a k tempest with more pressure now k tempest she's an english i mean it's not really hip-hop it's more like spoken word poetry to like a hip-hop beat yeah she hasn't put out music in the last couple of years so this is a big track by her i like her music a lot in her writing this is part like club dance track part spoken word poetry um so that's more pressure by k tempest and yep. side b we got robert glasper with black superhero nice which features killer mike and chicago kid uh i think it's bj chicago kid now um they listener rain and her partner bk introduced me to chicago kid and he's very good uh this continues this is part of what glasper's black radio trilogy so it's this is off of his his upcoming album was black radio three he did a you know obviously black radio one black radio two um and what he does really well is he is a kind of modern jazz artist that collaborates with hip-hop really well um, and he does that here, kind of s- talking about celebrating Black Power. A lot of like talking about the song is talking about celebrating Black superheroes in like you know communities and things like that. It's a great track. Um, I really like Robert Glasper, so be sure to check that out. Last one because it's so disgusting. Uh, <laughs> you need to do an album archaeology on Radiohead's OK Computer oh, to man. know why put. Putting that is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm in on that one. Um, it's one of the best records ever made. Uh, so you got the current police, Paranoid Android, Exit Music for a Film. No surprises. It's a loaded record. They just did a while ago. They did a vinyl pressing to celebrate the anniversary of it that had like B-sides and stuff on it. Um, so, yeah. So check that out for your uh, album archaeology homework. Yep, and okay, I'm sure computer. I'm sure we're gonna be doing homework on that one at some point. So, uh, as a, for sure, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it's definitely. Uh, I don't think we've had it on the list, uh, but I think we got to add it to the list. Yeah. Uh, well, it uh, it might uh, it might pop up in our uh, March Madness. 
Yes. Yeah, we're going to be talking about March. We'll probably have the announcement for Mark Madness in about a week or so, I think. We're just waiting on one more thing to kind of fall into place with that. But we are changing. Yep. We are changing Battle of the Bands this year. Uh, yes. going to be a big change. Because what we don't want to do is we don't want to repeat the same artists again. So we have a different concept we're going to run by this year. And I think it will, it will keep this fresh going forward. And we'll have an aficionado in that concept that has committed to coming on. Yeah, we're just waiting for the other aficionado to come in. The other aficionado. Otherwise, I have a backup if we if we don't. But uh, I'm sure we get a backup if not. So there'll be a draft show. And uh, then we'll have run the tournament in concurrence with uh, March Madness basketball, which I find our tournament much more interesting than the college basketball tournament, which I think has gotten stale. But that's another story. So. So I, mm. I like ours, and there'll be some pride. We'll have great prizes as well. So you want to stay tuned on that. But Dave, speaking of sports, and speaking of music, right? Oh yeah, we have a big mm-hmm. show next week that we're going to announce, uh, which I'm pretty excited about doing this. Um, so first, I'll announce we're going to have a guest, and I and I I believe I got the time right with the guest this time. So I told him we're, reco- <laughs> we're recording we're recording on our normal Saturday 5 p.m., and he said he's in. Uh, the show is uh, Fred Ruiz, the guest who uh, we, we kind of, I screwed up with the uh, Christmas show. Uh, but no, it looks he's in for this one. Uh, and we are going to do a, I, I'm going to say it's, it's a big game. I have to call it big game, I guess, in the uh, promos, but it's a Super Bowl music show. Okay. Um, I can't say it's, I can't say Super Bowl. The NFL will come on me, right? It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It'll come after me. But yeah, we're going to be looking at, you know, look, there's some iconic artists that have played the Super Bowl and those halftime shows. And, and I think, Dave, we could kind of go with that and maybe even go with some other music we listen to to get ready for the Super Bowl, right? So I, we haven't done a show like this before, and I think it's, uh, it's timely to do it. So uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little football. I'm sure we're going to talk Green Bay Packers, Dave. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of discussion on uh, Mr. Matt LaFleur. I'm going to tell you that. I, I held uh, that one off from today because I know you guys are going to go after me next week. Uh, but I'm just, <laughs> wow. saying, I'm just saying uh, – Someone wasn't wrong on this. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, so, but I'm sure. But you guys are going to have your chance to go after me. I'm sure on that show. So uh, and I am ready. I am. I have facts. I am ready. Hey, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry they didn't make it, Dave. It really was a, a this. I know it was disappointing for you. I know we have a couple of Green Bay Packer fans on our show, uh, including uh, Dave and Bear. And then, Bear, we have a, yeah. and then we have a Bears fan. It's not Bear. It's Aaron Nielsen. So, uh, you know, Ooh, man, Aaron's got some heart. You think you think I should be disappointed? He's had some hard years, man. Yeah, no, he has. Uh, he, he, you know, and I'm I'm not sure that a new coach is going to be having anyone doing backflips over the next. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll be doing. Weird. This, uh, yeah. So we're we'll doing a big game music show. Uh, it's a Super Bowl music show. Uh, I'm really excited to have Fred on. I think you are too. I, I, I love the concept of doing this. I think it's something we haven't done before, uh, but there's some great iconic halftime shows. Um, and what's cool is I was thinking about, I know there's one we're all going to pick, right? So <laughs> at least one or two. Mm. So, but I think we'll have some, we'll spread it out. We'll do it how we normally do. So I'm looking forward to that, Dave. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's going to be That'll great. air a week from this Monday. All right. Close this out. Coop. All right. Well, thank you again to our audience, Dave. Thank you as always. Uh, you know, again, uh, thanks. Uh, you know, to the Cigar Media this past week uh, for really helping me out as well. Um, and that's going to wrap up uh, Primetime Jukebox Episode 63 into the Annals of History for this late January edition. We will be back uh, in a week uh, for our big game show. 
uh, music show. So stay tuned. Have a good one, everybody.